gentlemen, welcome back to College Football Tailgates. Today is December 20th, 2021. I'm your host, Will Chambers. With me, as always, Tyler Walgie. Say hello. Hello, Mr. Batman. Producer Smitty. Hola. Uh, we're back in the studio, boys. I'm riding the bike. Uh, I'm riding the motorcycle. Yeah, you're, it's like my you're, dance move. That's. Oh, yeah, you're doing the... Oh, you know what that is? That's Vitas. Hello, oh, that's Vitas Matt is? from Always Sunny. You look like you're doing the Vitas dance. <laughs> Anyone who's out there and knows who Vitas is knows what's up. You'll uh, have to Google it. Give it a goog. Yes. Um, it's December 20th, so we got... We're into bowl season, Tyler. Oh, uh, bowl season. We it's have here. four bet board games in the, the, the bowl games that actually ended this afternoon. Mm-hmm. We're two and two. We're tied. Yes. Um, Overall, 19 and 12. That's right. And how many... I think we seriously have like 30 games today. Yeah, so that's we what today's so show... Today's show is going to be a little different. We're going to... You know, we have a little bit of college football news, one short little segment, and then we are going to rip through all these bowl games now. We're actually not going to be recording next week. So mm-hmm. just FYI... This is the extravaganza. This is the bowl this bonanza. Is, this is the bowl preview show. Yeah, the bowl bonanza. So we're going to break down bowl every bonanza. bowl game I love it. from uh, starting tomorrow all the way through the playoffs. And then, of course, we'll have a another show reacting to all those bowl games and the playoff games. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to be recording next week, the, 20, the week of the 27th through New Year's. So just FYI, if you guys are desperate for us, what you'll have to do is you could just... Stop listening halfway through the bowl games and then listen next week. Obviously, if something crazy happens, if, uh, you know, whatever, Nick, or Nick, Saban, Nick Saban takes over the Dolphins again, <laughs> we might do an emergency pod to kind of touch on that or, or change up how we give out our picks. But we're going to break down all the bowl games today. And Tyler, you said everything. It, uh, you said it last week. We're going to be Tyler and I both have to force picks. There's no leans. There's no likes. We both have to give a, a pick for every bowl game. Yes. And we're two and two. Uh, you got the, let's see, you got the Western Kentucky win against me, which was huge, by the way. Western Kentucky put up a 50-burger on App State, almost 60 points. And, and I, this, I this, hope the audience took my advice and made the money line bet because that's where the juice was. That's right. Line. You did say sprinkle some on the money line. And, and Zappy, this dude Zappy, who I've never heard of before now, broke all the college football passing records owned by Joe Burrow. Yeah. And now some people were saying he might go in like the first two rounds of the I, NFL I hear draft. his brother Zippy. It's unbelievable. Zippy and Zappy? Yeah. yeah. Zappy sounds like what their mascot's name should be. Zappy. The, Zappy. Hill, the Hilltoppers? <laughs> yeah. Zappy the Hilltopper? I loved Will's line last week. Hilltoppers, they top hills. They top I want to get that sound so we can <laughs> have it. That's what they do. They top hills. Uh, it's pretty, pretty expl- uh, explanatory. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else we had? Uh, UTEP. I got one of the bet boards there. Did you guys see the fake quarterback sneak that went for a touchdown? That was pretty awesome. That was very cool. Yeah, that was fake awesome. Fake QB sneak. It. They snuck like a tight end or a fullback out, and uh, they get the cover. They lose. But Tyler, we're tied 2-2, and you're up 19-12. to Yes, with so plenty of games to go. A lot of games to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, some college football news we should get into before we start breaking out games, boys. Uh, we have... A lot of these quarterbacks that were in the transfer portal have picked their teams. Yeah, I can't believe where some of these guys are going. Spence, it is crazy. Spencer to see. Rattler to South Carolina. I hated that one. I would not. I, I didn't did see not that like coming. That one. I mean, good for him. Good for South. It's a big pickup for the Gamecocks. I mean, for it, sure. it was, but they have several quarterbacks on the roster. I was like, I don't know if they have any of that level. Well, though. they don't. But I mean, that's a big deal. Shane, <laughs> Shane Beamer uh, making I moves. I thought that that was a surprise or reach. I'm, I don't think they're going to be fantastic next year, even with Spencer Rattler. But see, the Rattler. What I will say is that like the name Rattler works for like the Gamecocks like there's something mm-hmm. there you know what I mean it wouldn't have made sense if he went to like Oregon I just can't see like a Spencer Rattler is like such a great like southern name 
he needs to stay somewhere. And I actually think it works out to be in South Carolina with the Gamecocks. I mean, I don't know. We'll see how good he is. I lost uh, my enthusiasm for Rattler this year. I'm he's out. He's going to the SEC. He's mm-hmm. out. All right, Tower's out on, on out. Uh, Rattler. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix goes to Oregon. Ah, that's, that's a, a crazy shocker. one, I know. Really crazy. No kidding. I don't get that one, personally. Maybe there's just not that many teams that... We're interested. I, I feel like there's got to be a lot, but moving from the SEC to the Pac-12 is going to be quite a culture shock for Bo Nix going from packed SEC stadiums to like empty Rose Bowl stadiums against UCLA when there's, f- you know, right. 15,000 uh, fans, maybe. Yeah, Pac after dark. Pac, yeah, Pac-12 after uh-huh. dark. What do you think about their new coach, Oregon's new coach, Dan uh, Lanning? Dan Lanning. Look, I think it's – they didn't have a lot of options to choose from. They couldn't sway Chip Kelly. It sounded like they were going all in on getting Chip mm-hmm. Kelly to come back. Didn't work. He's been a big name in in coaching circles, like as far as being thrown, the name thrown out there for head coaching jobs. So I think it's a it's a solid hire. We'll see what happens. You know, Mario Cristobal was kind of the same thing. He was defensive coordinator at Georgia. He pulls the same move. The guy knows how to recruit, obviously. Um, but you know, I think that Oregon they're feeling it right now. They they feel like they got shafted by Cristobal leaving to Miami, you well, know, kind of late did. in the cycle. It's so. so weird. It's late in the cycle and bowl yeah. games hadn't even started. For sure. I mean, yep. I mean, come on. I mean, how a bunch of these bowl games we're going to be breaking down don't have coaches anymore. So, yeah, like who's going to be coaching half these games? It's going to be ridiculous. But uh Max Johnson beats Texas A&M in his last game for LSU on the on the last play of the game. And he transfers to Texas A&M from LSU. Texas so, A&M is going to be good next year. A&M said that guy beat us. We like him. Let's do it. I agree. Look, they. I feel like they've been a quarterback away for a few years, and I actually think that this is a great move for for Jimbo Fisher and for the Aggies. They were one of my two picks for next year. My teams to watch. My TTWs for twenty twenty two. To watch my twenty twenty. My two o two two TTW. We're we're gonna be watching them next year. Yeah, <laughs> we're <gonna be> watching. <laughs> it. Uh, they're gonna be so good. And then you, you know who else was on that list? Who I have uh, taken off because the coaching change mm. was Notre Dame. Uh, I thought Notre Dame was going to no be longer to watch. Primed you for can, a run next year. Yeah, and now, they're now not you can get anymore. rid of your uh, your Paramount Plus. Um, no, because Survivor is on Paramount Plus. So but I need that that's for, the only way you can watch Notre Dame games. Apparently, I thought it was Peacock or Peacock. Yeah, whatever. Same, Peacock, whatever. It's I actually, saw, I saw an interesting <laughs> thing uh, on. I think it was game day uh, over the weekend. Uh, it, they put up all the all the coaching moves, and um, interestingly enough, Notre Dame actually has the out of the five. Like main coaches that that move teams um, recently, yeah. Notre Dame has the best recruiting class at six. Yeah, really, mm-hmm. they've recruited well, and and well, Mi- Miami was like at seventy fifth or something like that. So yeah, and we're gonna have we're gonna touch on uh, you know because we had National Signing Day, so we're gonna talk on just quickly on the rankings of of teams this year um, because National Signing Day was crazy. But uh, the rest of the, of the College football transfer. So Dylan Gabriel goes from Central Florida to UCLA. That's a big pickup for the Bruins. Adrian Martinez, the Nebraska quarterback that's been there for like 20 years. He's going to Kansas State. Uh, That's a big one for them. And then uh, Eli Ricks, the cornerback from LSU that was like a five-star recruit, had a really big freshman season. He goes to Bama. Which is just like, come on, man. Rich get richer, Will. I know. It, like, not only does Bama just crush it in recruiting, now they're getting getting all the uh, <laughs> transfers. the great transfers too. So that one's tough. Um, we got a lot of players that are opting out of their bowl games. It's it's opt out season. Yep. And boys, obviously, we're opting out of next week's podcast, so uh-huh. we can't exactly on them. Out. I don't love the uh, the old man get off my lawn thing where it's like what? the kids these days ruin it, but it does suck for betting on games, for watching on games. I get why they do it. I'm not going to blame a kid 
who looks at it and says, if I get hurt, it could cost me millions of dollars. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to play in the bowl game. Um, I don't blame him for it, but it is a bummer for us as the fans. I love it. I absolutely love it. You love it? Yes. Why? Be- because the more for betting, the more variables you can include that are oh. really hard to quantify, like okay. how much is this right guard worth? How much is this defensive yep. back worth? I think the better it is for me. So the more information that everybody knows, the worse it is for me. So interesting. I, like, uh, I, I don't mind it at all. But and, and I actually don't really blame the players or get mad at the players because these coaches are leaving, these coaches are doing, which I really don't get mad at the coaches either. This is the, the culture that the NCAA has created with their rules and their timing. I mean, this this early recruiting day is bullshit. It is such oh, nonsense. Oh, you don't like it? I don't like it because that's the exact reason why all this stuff happens, why coaches get hired and fired early is because they need to jump on these recruits at their new school. Like That's why they don't coach the bull games. They got to jump, get a jump on recruiting. That's all why. If the NCAA said, hey, no one can sign until February 2nd, which I think is the date right now, the second next recruiting day right. or big signing period, that would change everything. That alone would create so much more integrity within these programs because the rules. So I don't blame the coaches. I don't blame the players. I blame the NCAA for not really knowing how to put rules in place to avoid this from happening. Interesting. Okay. So, Fair enough. I mean, look, I think it it, it it almost like eliminated the second one because for the most part, most recruits sign on this first signing day. There are still a couple out there that haven't announced. No, it's, yeah, it changes everything. But There's it did change everything. You're right. It changed the timing of the signing day. However, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're right. The only thing that would suck is... If after signing day, now a coach leaves to take on a new job after the players kind of sign on the dotted line or right. whatever. Um, but I'd have to look more into like why, what, what the advantages of having the early signing day versus the later one. I actually don't know the benefit. Like uh, maybe we can do some homework and, and talk about this next show or in, in the off season, but I see it only being a bad thing and, and coaches agree. I mean, I don't know many coaches who like this at all and it's just, I think it, it messes everything up. So yeah, fair enough. Um, well, listen, we got uh, the, the players that are opting out, some of the bigger names so far right now, just just a few off the top of the list. Kenny Pickett, Heisman. Was he a Heisman finalist? Yeah. He was a Heisman finalist. Kenny, Kenny Pickett, he's opting out for Pitt, and they're playing Michigan State. Kenneth Walker, the guy who probably should have been a Heisman finalist as well, he's opting out, so that's a big deal. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end for Oregon that a lot of people think could go number one, he's opting out. Brees Hall for Iowa State. Uh, Traylon Burks, the Arkansas wide receiver, who's an absolute stud, he's out. SMU is out two of their top three wide receivers. And for Notre Dame, uh, their top safety, Kyle Ham- Hamilton, and the running back, Kyron Williams, also opting out. Yeah. So it's something to factor in whenever you're talking about bowl games. Um, and look, it is a bit of a bummer. I love it. It, it makes it kind of cool that the guys that don't opt out, right? That, yeah. Like uh, Matt Corral, right? He, he could be the first quarterback taken in the draft this year, and he's still playing for Ole Miss against Baylor. Which is so. different, you know, some some guys want to stay, some don't. I, I again I leave that up to them and I'm I'm fine with all that. But yeah. Um, and keep, and keep, it gives opportunities for like backups and younger dudes to maybe yeah, shine and get more playing time. And so. get ready to show something before next year. Um so keep in mind when you're doing your homework for all these games, make sure to double check who's out. Information may change, especially for the later games between today's show, which we're recording on the twentieth and game day so do your own work make sure you get all the info before you make these bets but today we're gonna hopefully start to lead you down the right path for or at least you know what we think about a lot of these games yeah for sure um did you move on from recruiting because i have a couple notes here oh no i was just about to get into it oh perfect yeah uh texas a&m the number one class right now yeah uh 19 four stars five five stars they're killing it absurd jimbo fisher was right when he was asked about going to lsu and uh 
Did you get a bet board win from that? No, I didn't get a bet board win. I get you wouldn't make it a bet board. Okay, but I do get you ten dollars. Oh, the bet was if you do Jimbo doesn't sure. go, I'll Venmo you right now on the air. If 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 the bet was if Jimbo doesn't go to LSU, I, I gave get you 10. four point five. If he to goes to LSU, then yeah, I'd give you forty or forty five or whatever. So you, you're, um, why don't you pop up on Venmo? Are you like hidden on here? No. Do you, do you, I, are you you've private? Venmoed me before? I know, but every time I type in Will Chambers or it's just William, Will William. Oh, it's William. William. You're so fucking. Anyone wants to send me Look, money out William. there? <laughs> it's only Michael Williams. It doesn't. It doesn't show up now. If I go to my past then I can see you on here. But. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, actually, I probably did set my stuff to private because one time I was on Venmo and like you can just scroll and see strangers sending each other money with their... And you can yeah. like comment no, no, and set, like on it and shit. Just, it's just weird. Make, just, you can make a preset thing to where every transaction you do is private. Just do well, that. Well, yeah, not for sure. But I don't think that I made I found my whole thing uh, private. So. I just I just send Will, Will uh, money to his OnlyFans account. Yeah, well, <laughs> that too. Subscribe. My feet, if you want to see my feet, that's where it is. I will. I just owed you $10. My feet picks. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you, Tyler. But yeah, Jimbo Fisher stays at A&M. He keeps an absurd class, like you said, so, five, five stars. Yeah, okay, so the, where I was getting with that is so far of the top 10 overall players, according to 247 Sports, okay, the top 10 recruits, 247 Sports, two of them have already committed to A&M and two more of them are looking at A&M. They've already got a D lineman, the number two overall recruit, a wide receiver, number six overall recruit. The number nine and ten overall recruits are looking at AM as well. Or at least that's where the a lot of people are predicting they'll go. They haven't committed yet. Uh Shamar Stewart is a D lineman, and then uh Devon Campbell is an interior offensive lineman. So they can still do better, is what you're saying. That's my they point. Can improve. They, they will likely right now, based on projections, end up with three or four of the top ten overall players. That's absurd. Uh, the only other guy in the top ten who hasn't recruit or uh, committed yet is Harold Perkins, number five recruit. He's a good linebacker, fast, versatile. He's uh projected Harold. to go to Texas. Shout out Harold. Play for the, play for the long ones. Not a lot of Heralds these days. I feel yeah. like you go by Harry or Hank. Yeah, I like Hank. Not Harold. Hank's a good one. Harold sounds like an old man name, and this is not to disrespect Harold Perkins. Harold. Um, Harold can make Maybe he's bringing though. it back. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Uh, I can't wait till nursing homes are full of names that are like super modern. Now. I know, right? Sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Grandpa Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Travis Hunter, number one overall recruit, Jacksonville State. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's what I want to talk about next. So okay. we'll run through the, the rankings a little bit. But oh, well, hold on. Let, let, before, because real quick, my biggest surprise. Oh, okay. Number three overall recruit, good wide receiver, elite Luther Burden is going to Mizzou. Another old man named that Luther. One's, <laughs> that one really surprised me. Okay, yeah. Mizzou had a surprise class in general. They're in the top 10, aren't they? Uh, Mizzou ended up according to two number twelve sports. Yeah, number twelve. Number twelve, which is incredible for Missouri. That's about as good as it's going to get. And you're right; they got a five star. They got four four stars. That's really big. They're highly ranked within the SEC. They're only behind Alabama, Georgia, and A and M as far as SEC rec- yeah. uh, and Kentucky. Excuse yeah. me, Kentucky had a big class too. But I mean, the here's oh, let me just run it for you: A and M, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Then Texas, that's kind of the first maybe shocker, especially with how they performed so far this year. Penn State, Notre Dame, North Carolina, Michigan, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Missouri, Auburn, Florida State, Tennessee. That's the top 15. But UNC, I have major question marks about that le- the legitimacy of that ranking. Mm. Every other team in the top 10 has... A, same thing with Michigan, actually, but Michigan's not really there. But every other team, let's say top seven, like Notre Dame, Penn State, Texas, they all have... They're getting up to almost 20 four-star recruits. Okay, so that's where you make your money is the four stars. In, in college football, 
the five stars don't work out as often as you would think. And there's a lot of three and four stars who produce. I mean, look at schools like Utah, who are consistently, you know, top 15, top 10 team who only get three stars. So I, with North Carolina, they've only got nine four stars. They have two five stars. The five stars really bump your ranking up. Yeah. And because like an average rating at that point, right? Yeah, exactly. That's how they calculate it. Exactly. And so they're, they're two five stars are uh, Travis Shaw, who is a uh, uh, D-lineman, and then Zach Rice, an offensive tackle. I don't know, like, if you look at the at how often running backs, receivers work out, athletes work out, it's a much higher rate than, than linemen. Coaches stack up with linemen. Mm. That's why a lot of linemen are going to the transfer portal. Right. And so, I don't know. They're, they're only five stars or a D-lineman and an offensive tackle. So, and, and but who's uh, nationally ranked 11th, uh, nationally ranked fourth. So okay. I don't know. Like I, I, that's why they're so high in the rankings. But I'm not so sure about UNC. I'm not fully in on their class compared to other. You know, you start looking around them. Even even Michigan. Michigan's got some really high. I think uh, recruits I'm that on the class. Yeah, the recruits that can't miss. <laughs> like you said, Ken, uh, Kentucky. You look at Notre Dame, uh, Penn State. So teams around them. I'm a lot more excited about than UNC. Okay. Sorry to spend a lot of time on. North Carolina Bay. Well, the the biggest thing of, of signing day, you mentioned already, it's the number one or number two, yeah. depending on where you look. The the number one uh, recruit that everyone said was a lock to go to Florida State, he goes to Jackson State with Dion. Dion steals him away from Florida State, his former school. Florida State fans are burning Dion jerseys and posting it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but it's I not mean, his. He wanted to go to Florida State. He was campaigning to go coach there. Exactly. And they're like, and they, nope, and they, Dion. So he was exactly. Like, they stayed with Mike Norvell and... Look, it's awesome for HBCUs, historically black colleges, universities. It's a big deal to get a recruit of that level to go to a school like that and not and say I'm not going to the SEC, the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, whatever. Right? That's a big deal. Um, besides that, look, I mean, cool move for the player, great for Dion. To me, what this really means is that Dion is ready. He's going to get a bigger head coaching job in, in another year because if you can pull the number two overall recruit or number one oh, yeah. overall recruit to an HBCU, and this is not a disrespect to HBCUs, it's just like those schools don't normally get these kinds of recruits. If you can pull that, like someone is going to say, okay, well, fuck it. I'm going to make him the head coach at whatever. Uh, fill it in. Central Florida. Florida. Colorado. Exactly. To, to pull in recruits because clearly he has this power with kids, even though he played before most of these kids were even alive. Um, he's, you know, he, he does something there, and he's winning a lot of games at Jackson State too. I think that Florida State is stupid to have not hired him at this point, and maybe in a year they will. And then the best part is that this kid can go with him because with the transfer rules, he doesn't have to stay at Jackson State if he doesn't want to. Right. So it, to me, it was fascinating. Um, but that being said, they also lost their bowl game against South Carolina State. So maybe we don't know how good of a Got head whooped. coach he is just yet. All right, help me out with the, with the headline here, a good headline pun. So Travis Hunter, right, mm -hmm. becomes the hunted – or like something about hunting, right? Like Dion snipes uh, Travis mm. Hunter, something like that, right? Yeah. We can go in the direction here. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. The three of us have spent a total time of zero minutes hunting, so that, <laughs> yeah, that's, not, the, not, yeah. that's where I think we're struggling not, here. Not a so, um, but yeah, I mean, big day for recruiting. Um, that was the biggest one. And the last piece of news I have here, guys, is an Urban Meyer update. Mm, Herb, what happened? Uh, well, he got fired. Herb, the smelly finger. Apparently, <laughs> That's apparently, his new nickname. <laughs> the smelly finger. Apparently, uh, he kicked Josh Lambeau. That was like the, what the a straw. What story. The straw that broke okay. the camel's back. But you know what? He that kicked kinda, a kicker. You know what that yeah, kind of told not, me? Not big video called called him a cheating on his wife. <laughs> 
you know what that kind of told me about Herb? Huh. Is that he's kind of stuck in this, because you don't know a lot about the inner workings of the locker room, things like that. That kind of said to me he's maybe stuck in this old school football mentality. Where oh, he definitely is. Yeah. There, there was, there's a video uh, going, I actually seen it multiple times the last couple of days. I, th- I think uh, Barstool put it out, but it's, um, it's uh, Herb when he was still a coach at Florida, and he is just ripping Chris Fowler apart. Like oh at, no like, shit! Like at practice. Wait, Chris Fowler? Uh, yeah, the announcer. Uh, yeah. What? Uh-huh. Oh my! God. Like, was Chris Fowler there? Yeah. He, Why uh, Chris Fowler? So he was doing some story. I think uh, he was doing some story for uh, game day or whatever he's a part of. And um, he asked. He asked. I, I guess he asked a question. And the video starts with Herb just already laying into him, so you don't see him actually like uh, ask the question. But, uh, but yeah, Herb's just, like, yelling at Chris Fowler. Like, he's a kid. You don't need to ask him things like that or something. So What? Yeah. Wait, Chris Fowler? Like, the dude who do, who calls the games with Herb Street. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, because you, you have media access before, so you can probably I just Googled because I'm trying to find this. I've never heard of this, and I didn't. Um, I'll see if I can find it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I love that Urban, uh, his legacy is fucked now. Yeah, sure. He's Here's a crazy stat, truly, is that it just shows what a different – animal the nfl is urban meyer i believe has the highest winning percentage of any coach in college football history and he now has the lowest winning percentage of any coach in nfl history well isn't that insane the nfl yeah it's brutal yeah but he's gone he's dead and he's maybe he'll end up uh, very soon i don't know because i actually think all these like the how bad everything went this year and how public all these stories and and events went down i actually think there's gonna be a lot of colleges that won't Take a shot on it. Maybe in a couple of years. We'll I, see. I don't know. Well, I think that with all the money that's being flooded publicly now into college football, there's going to be a school out there, a fairly high profile school that wants to give him a job. Interesting. They're going to see what he can do, bringing recruits in, bringing money in, They're gonna winning sign football into games. his contract, say you can't kick your kicker and call him a dipshit. We have to smell <laughs> your fingers every day before practice. Yes. Just exactly. so funny. So, um, all right, but moving on. We got Chris, before we get into the bowl games, uh, well, I know Tyler had a thing too, but. I want to do an overrated and underrated on I Christmas. Thing. Oh, I, I do. Okay, yeah, I love this. Overrated and okay. underrated on Christmas. So yeah. real quick, just to correct myself, sorry, it was Jeremy Fowler, not Chris Fowler. Jeremy Fowler. Who is Jeremy Fowler? I don't know who that is. Chris's brother. Oh. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Jeremy Fowler, Chris Fowler. Hey, you got the Fowler Oh, part, he, was right? a, he was a reporter at Sam, Florida. Okay. Samsonite. I was way off. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> well, Google it. Give it a goog, folks. Give it a schmoog. Um, give it a goog. Christmas, overrated, underrated. We got Christmas coming up. It's, mm. uh, we hope everyone has a happy holiday out there, of Absolutely. course. And I, I know I got a little sound here for the Christmas it, time. It's a favorite holiday for all of us, right? Absolutely. Oh, definitely. There we go. There's some Christmas sounds. You like that? Yes, Is absolutely. That nice or what? Uh, all right. Here, I've got... I've got three things here, and that's it so far. So overrated, Christmas movies in general. Now overrated. Yes, okay, there's there's okay. that, that's actually on my underrated list. No, because there's only like five good ones, truly, and well, the rest all are, are garbage. Okay, I'll actually give you that. There's a lot of cheesy garbage yeah. Christmas movies, it's but horrible. Dude, I no. included in here TV shows because there's some really good Christmas TV shows. I 100 okay. percent for for the the influx of terrible. Christmas movies, yeah. the cheesy ones. I I blame two things, and that's the Hallmark Network mm. and the Lifetime Network. <laughs> yes. They fucked everything Dude. up by making these cheesy uh, Candace Cameron Burke bullshit. Yeah, and, and Aunt Becky, whatever her still, name is, uh, she, she comes in and fucks Aunt everything. Becky, up. Aunt, Aunt Becky, jail, right? Isn't she in jail now? <laughs> no, she got out. Oh, okay. She, Christmas she, movies is cheesy. 
They are. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, obviously, like, The Grinch, Home Alone, like, uh, a Christmas Santa Story, Claus. if you like that one, The Santa Claus. Like, there's lots of good ones, but there's also just so many shit ones, and they're overrated. But there's some great uh, uh, office Christmas episodes. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like the Christmas there, theme there's episodes. There's a fantastic, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's a tradition that every year my girlfriend and I watch it. It's called A Very Sunny Christmas. I highly recommend it. Everyone watch it. It's fantastic. So you got to put the TV shows in there for me. All right. Fair enough. Uh, my next overrated are stockings. Like this, uh, It's a cool tradition to hang them up, but like you never are stoked about what you get in your stocking. You know, you get like a like a $5 gift card or like in my case, like I might get like toenail clippers for my mom or something <laughs> yeah. like hey, a couple pieces of candy. It's, it's always toiletries. For yeah, sure. exactly. It's small stuff. And so I feel like they're just a little bit overrated because you always go in like, Ooh, what could be in here? And it's never as good as, as what you want. I see where you're going with that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do like the gift cards that sometimes get slipped in there. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And then yeah. underrated a white Christmas. So if you live in the South, you live in California, you don't get white Christmases a lot. Here in Colorado, we don't even always get them. Yeah. But when it's snowing on Christmas, I love a white Christmas, and I like it. Just makes it feel that much yeah. more cozy. If for people who don't know what that means, it means when it snows on Christmas. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it has was... nothing to do with race. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> a very Caucasian Christmas. Right? Snow <laughs> people. No, it, yeah. it was funny too. It's 60, it was sixty-five degrees today too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I doubt it's crazy. gonna. It, it, it snows a lot on Halloween too, and it didn't snow this year. So I feel like we're it's gonna not get going a green to, Christmas. But, yeah. uh, and then my last underrated. Our socks is a gift. Everyone, I feel like people shit on getting socks for Christmas. Oh, no. I love getting new socks for Christmas. But they have to be the right socks. So if someone's going to... Because I'm... Well, I don't know about you guys. I'm very picky about my socks. Are you? I know. Oh, so picky for about my socks. For only? Or are you uh, like a Michael Jordan? You're a Hanes guy. No, I actually get... <laughs> so it's like different kind of brand. I'm wearing them right now. Uh, they, But I don't know what they're called, uh, unfortunately. Huh. I know it's the good news for the audience. For the loom. <laughs> yeah. Let's call it that. No? Foddle. Okay, I like smart wool personally. Any smart wool socks, short, long, whatever. That's smart my shit. Wool. Smart wool. I was like talk merino back. I was wool. Like solve math problems for you. Oh yeah, it's like it's like uh, <laughs> it's like Alexa. You can like talk to your socks Alexa. and they give you answers. Have you guys seen the new South Park, the COVID special? No, I still haven't. It's seen hysterical. It. Uh, I like how the Alexa in the future is like an actual talking person or like looks like one. <laughs> She's it's like your just wife. funny. Yeah. All right. So my overrated, underrated for Christmas, overrated, Elf on the Shelf. Oh, that yeah. is Agreed. a stupid tradition. Agreed. I don't like it. All right. Here's a big overrated. And I don't know if people have thought about this. The cookies for Santa. Okay. You know, the average calories for a chocolate, one chocolate chip cookie is about 200 calories or so. You know how many houses slash apartments slash living spaces are in America? About 139 million. That's 28 billion calories in like a four hour period. So I'm out on the cookies for Santa. If we're going to promote health in this country, where everyone's getting fat. Leave your Peloton on. Yes. <laughs> Leave the Peloton on or just start leaving out like vegetables and like ranch or something. Like set a good example. All right. Um, uh, over And that's all for overrated because there's not a whole lot of overrated for Christmas. I love Christmas. There's not any overrated besides those two. Underrated. Mm. Now, here's a good under. I got some. I got five underrated. Okay. NBA games. Mm. This is where a lot of people who don't follow the NBA early in the season get into the NBA. It's the it's the NBA turning of the page. Christmas. NBA on Christmas. It gives you something to watch all day. They usually have some high-profile games. I love NBA games on Christmas. Uh, I have Christmas music on here because I love playing a little Christmas music on Christmas. I don't like it throughout the month of December. You know, some people listen December 1st on. I like it on Christmas Day, and I'm good with that. I like um, the classics only. I don't want to hear like... 
Josh Groban Christmas. Right. I want to hear like Nat King Cole. Or like that one Christmas dubstep song we were listening to before the show. Yeah, yeah no, no thank you. Um, hey, right. I still got it up here. We uh, No, no. <laughs> we uh, already uh, said uh, Christmas movies and shows. That's on my underrated. Uh, gingerbread houses. We're, I'm doing a gingerbread house this year. Oh, yeah, I, I like making Red House. Yeah. That's cool. You make something and you just eat you it. You better afterwards. make it good, though. It's got to look good. Yeah, I'll send you a picture. Okay. And then last on here, Christmas sweaters. Underrated. Oh. Fun, especially funny Christmas sweaters. Overrated. Big time. No. Big no. time overrated. You're such a curmudgeon. You know who you are? What's the guy's name on the... Uh, the Scrooge. You're Ebenezer Scrooge. No, yes, I'm not. Ebene- I, I have Christmas spirit. I like Christmas, well, but I feel like... It's not coming through on this podcast Ugly Christmas sweaters. They were fun, and then they've already they ran their course. I said funny Christmas sweaters. It's the same thing. It's not Ugly's the same funny. thing at all. No, ugly's not funny. How many Christmas sweaters do you own? I own two. I own one. Okay, and what are they? Like, are they just like one? a Christmas My, pattern, or do they have something cool on them? Mine is a, uh, it's a red and white striped, and it's got uh, Cousin Eddie's uh, motorhome on it, and it just says Shitter's Full across Love the it. front See, of it. See, that one's funny. <laughs> that I do like. I have one Shitter's with, uh, I have one with Santa. It's, my family loves it, let me tell you. <laughs> I have one with Santa and Jesus having their arms around each other, and Santa nice. is, hol- or, uh, and uh, I forget which one, either Santa or Jesus, one of them's holding up eggnog, like they're mm. drinking some eggnog. So that one's hilarious. And then I have actually kind of a more niche one. It's about this movie called The Room that we used to watch in college. But Uh, um, so that's more of like if I'm with specific people, I'll wear that one. See, I have sweaters. I just don't have Christmas sweaters. I could wear just like a nice sweater at Christmas. No, you're you're Christmas. That's why Will doesn't like Christmas. You're Christmas. (laughs) That's why Will doesn't like it. His Christmas sweater game is not strong. Look, I like the lights. I like driving around looking at lights. Like that's That's a fun tradition. I like that too. I love the cookies. My mom always goes all out and bakes a ton of cookies and sends me with a bunch of them. Mm, Cookies. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into a lot of Christmas traditions. I just feel like the sweater, you know, right. I think it's run its course. All that's right. all. all right. But Tyler, before we get into best bets. I, I do. I have one more thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's on the the kind of what we were just talking about, how some of us love things for Christmas, some don't. I was just thinking this week, okay, there's a couple things in life in general that I don't get that I felt like I need to express and talk about, okay? A couple things. And, and are any, yeah, one, it, one was actually about uh, Christmas. So I'll start with that one. Things in life. I just don't get. Maybe you guys can explain it to me. Maybe you guys don't get them either. All right. So I don't oh, get, I get it. real Christmas trees. Why people would go <laughs> get a real Christmas tree. Oh. A real tree. It's not even a Christmas tree. You're getting a pine, you're getting a pine tree. That's what a Christmas tree it's is. It's so dirty. Wait, wait, it's wait. messy. My dad used to get them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> A weekend, at first, it's awesome. It kind of smells, well, after you get past the smell, it's like, okay, our entire living room now smells like a forest, like we're in the outside, okay? So once you get past that, <laughs> a weekend, all the bristles start falling off. There's shit everywhere. There's sap everywhere you can t- see in the living room. It's super sappy. It's super, st- it's, it's, it's not a good case. The tree's getting, it starts dying after a couple of days. It's super. Well, if you don't fucking, water it. And if you, well, and you got, it's the thing. You got to keep watering it. You got to find ways to, to rewater it because mm-hmm. it's going to suck that shit up. And then for those who actually go and cut down their own tree. No, that is, I don't understand. We've got, I got a fantastic fake tree up here. Seven and a half foot. And it's got a nice like combination, green combo. It's a nice like, yeah, a, I forget what they call it, but it's Seven nice and a half for feet. Um, it's it's, it's fantastic. In China. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, I, I just don't get real Christmas trees. Okay, well, look, I, I don't, I'm I don't not understand. even going to trash on fake trees. I like a fake tree just fine. But what you can't do is say 
you're not even getting a Christmas tree. You're getting a pine tree. Like, what do you think all the fake trees are made to look like, Tyler? No, pine so, trees. My point is, they're not called Christmas trees. If you're in July, if you're camping or hiking in like July, and you see a pine tree, you don't go, "Hey, look at that Christmas tree." Okay, you I say, mean, "Look at that pine tree." My point is, they're called pine trees. We just put yeah, them in the house for Christmas, which would make them a Christmas. It makes tree, as much. It, it makes as much sense as putting up an aluminum pole for Festivus, which I also do. Which is the twenty third. So, so if you're listening on you the twenty third. Happy well, look, Festivus. First of all, uh, I like a fake trip. I think real trees are cool. A because I actually think the smell is great. You get mm-hmm. the smell of a real mm-hmm. pine tree. Now the sap, I'll agree with you. Although I don't think that's no, super common. Super sticky. You sappy. don't you don't get sap everywhere. The pine needles are kind of a pain, but you just got to like vacuum or clean them up. It's a pain in the ass. Um, and I think it, if you get a good one, it looks good. And if you cut it down yourself, come on. Okay. That's Clark Griswold so, special. So, I don't so, get. Can I share a quick story? Yes. yes. So. Um, Tyler, you, you'll remember this, but um, that one year your dad had a real tree, and um, after Christmas, it was about the next August, and it was still <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was in his garage, I think, at that point, or it made yeah. its way around the house. Yeah, and he just, instead of throwing it away, he just told it to burn it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Exactly. And you get some free kindling. Exactly. So I dig that. Out. All right, so real Christmas trees, the next one. Yeah, what else do you not get? <laughs> the recliner option on an airplane. For it reclines two inches. It's so obnoxious. It does nothing for the person trying to recline except give you the fake illusion it reclined. Mm. It leans you back like two degrees. Like they should do like a Mythbusters if that about that or if that shows around <laughs> still. Like, do do you really get more better sleep from reclining two inches? And it only pisses the person off behind you. It's like looked at as like, like I, I I hate I don't get it. I, I've never do it. I don't get what people. Oh, first thing you got to shove your seat back and recline three <laughs> inches. It's like oh, that drives me up a wall. Okay, so, wait, wait. wait. Yeah, yeah, yes. go ahead. Okay, go so, ahead. So, so in that same vein, mm-hmm. given that it doesn't recline that much, why do they need to be upright when we land? I don't know. I don't get any of it. it well, it's so we're gonna die. The upright, the upright is for safety. And look, I the, your what only safety? argument you're in a plane. The yeah, only argument that that you are making that makes sense is that they only recline a little bit. Yes. If they recline more, it'd be good. Now, um, if it didn't piss the person off behind you. Yeah, but see, also like. You know who these people are who recline? They're the same people who like park over lines in parking lots. They're the same mm. people. No, no, no. Bad I disagree. parkers are recliners. Because it's the same that simple. If life. you don't want the chair in front of you, like, like this is the exact same argument of like getting mad at the people who stand at sporting events because you want to sit down. It's no, like, well, no, guess no. What? That's totally different. We're all a in this together. Event, no, no, no. A sporting event requires or, or calls for standing if you don't want, big events. If you don't want someone in front of you, buy a ticket for the first for the first row on the airplane. That's just part of the deal of flying. No, no I'm, you don't yeah, get but I'm not into it. In front of you. You're exactly right, and I'm out on it. I don't get it. This so is this only is a list of for you. You're like John Madden. No I more like flying. John Madden exactly. All right, All right what else? My do next get? thing, oranges. What is with oranges? Okay, oranges are, are some of the most popular fruits out there. People love them. If you think about like like Starburst or uh, 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 Sour Patch Kids or Sprees, there's always more orange flavors than any other flavor. Orange dominates the candy scene, mm. and orange is such an average fruit. Now, orange isn't bad. I'll eat an orange occasionally. Cure scurvy. Oh, exactly. You can just exactly. But Maybe look, since you won't be uh, going on a plane, you'll you'll need some on your next you know, transatlantic cruise. I don't understand all the need for oranges. Now, my, my theory is, you know, they make these artificial flavors from, uh, I think they like do it from like real flavors. That's actually why I understand that grape flavor doesn't taste like the grape we eat is because there's like two kinds of grapes and like 
we generally eat, no 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 those are both <laughs> under like the concord family so we eat mm. concord grapes but the grape that they extract flavor from is a totally different grape that has like more punch to it hmm. so it doesn't taste like grapes but so the, the, i think that what happens is oranges maybe are more like susceptible to get flavor out of and so maybe that's why like they just abuse oranges maybe there's more oranges that grow so they're cheaper i don't know the reason but i don't get oranges in why they're everywhere well i mean yeah again i feel about lemons i don't know that there's a lot Lemon, uh, lemons are underutilized i don't I know like that there's a lot to lemons. get here now look i'll agree same with you with like limes. the same fake with pineapples pineapples underrated. artificial like orange candy flavoring i agree with you is not good no one wants the orange starburst mm-hmm. no one wants the uh but there's always more orange than any other flavor or like right up there with like maybe an orange, like depending on the. Candy, See, I don't know like if there's more. Or... I think you just notice more because you don't want. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> however, oranges as a fruit are delicious. I had one today. Look, uh, they're a bitch to peel. I, don't I hate guess oranges, but I just don't. You don't get, get why they're everywhere and they're such a big deal. All right, next. I only have two more. Glitter, citrus, dude. And it, it. it helped me. Or it, it's it, sparkly. I, I'm thinking of this because of Christmas ornaments. It's difficult to find Christmas ornaments without glitter. Yeah. And glitter's not allowed in this household. You can ask my girlfriend, Allie. Glitter's not allowed because she's like a photographer. She does photography stuff. She did like a glitter something like a year ago. And I'm still finding fuck mo- glitter in the house. I yeah. still see specks of glitter randomly. I'm like, I, dude, I can't stand glitter. It's it's a pain in the ass and it's everywhere. People love glitter. I just went to Disneyland, uh, California, Anaheim. Yeah. And there's obviously a lot of children who go to Disneyland. There was glitter everywhere. It was. It, I, I felt like a little OC children really just like, like glitter dude like uh do, do children just like uh extract glitter i don't get the association no, i don't know there. it's like i think they just like they don't have sweat. stuff to put glitter on or it's like I a see. thing for kids i don't know i don't it's get it sparkly it, it sticks everywhere attention. and you know also i heard this horror story about this one person who got like a speck of glitter in their eye and ended up like going blind from it mm. not a good story because it was too bright like it was too bright that's yeah, why they went so. blind. all right and my last thing that i don't get and this is back to the food category. And this is my this is my finale because this is oh, a big one. No. This me, this hits home. This to is going to be bad. This means a lot to me. Three Musketeers candy bars. Oh, they're delicious. What the heck? Thank you, Ryan. They're delicious. Will says they're delicious. What is it? Least favorite candy bar. It's, it's just like, like a, nougat. It's like it's like the only it's literally candy just that nougat, would make sense it? more if I learned that it were aliens. No, is it nougat? I don't I'm pretty think sure it's, it's nougat. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's weird. Nougat, but it's almost to the point where it's like almost like a chocolate marshmallow. I need someone to explain to me why they like uh, Three Musketeers. Well, wait a minute. They wait, don't, wait, that wait, does wait, not wait, make wait. sense to me at all. Again, I think that it's fair to say you don't like them. I need. I mean. Lots of people need an explanation for why you like Arby's more than all their fast food, Tyler. And now you're shitting on Three Musketeers. I love Arby's. Um, th- I, look, Three Musketeers aren't my favorite candy bar, but they're delicious. I like them. And they're named after uh, a great story. You know? Did you look up what they're made of? Uh, I think it's just nougat. <clears throat> is it nougat? I, I Googled it and couldn't find out. Um, but yeah, you what figured is three out. Musketeers? So. Yeah, it's just nougat. Nougat is it's an important in Three nougat. Musketeers as well as other... Yeah, nougat. They're soft. It's creamy. It's delicious. You're right. It does kind of have a marshmallowy kind of a vibe going mm-hmm. on. No, I think it's good. I'm, I'm not a huge now, fan. Now, look, it's of... not my favorite. I think it's lacking some things. Most candy bars have like three things going on, and yeah. so maybe it needs a little bit more. Well, see, and, and that's another candy bar that I would put into that category is Milky Ways. It's just it's just a Three Musketeers see, with caramel. You know, I actually... Mm. It, it, it is. You're right there, <laughs> but I'm a, big, I'm a big caramel guy. Yeah, see, there's I'm a oh, huge now here's caramel an interesting guy. I love caramel. Caramel and caramel. Now caramel. there's a debate. Well, Ryan is just fancy. You know, I think if you're caramel. if you're if you're high class fancy, you say caramel. And if you're if you're just one a of man of the dirty, people like me, people. exactly, you say caramel. Caramel. Yeah, 
Caramel apples. That's one thing I've never understood. A caramel apple. Gross. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's also where we differ. We're, I love a good caramel apple, especially like one from... Uh, a weird uh, thing to put on a stick. Chocolate uh, <laughs> factory. Or, yeah, the, the chocolate... Or what is it called? The, Charlie uh, and the Chocolate Rocky factory? Mountain Chocolate yes, Company. Yes, Rocky Mountain Chocolate Company. If you ever come to Colorado, and they may be elsewhere. I, I don't know if they are, but... Probably not. Try the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Company. Fantastic. Um yeah, but like the Rockies extend like Utah and like That's true. other states, maybe yeah, it is. Fair but uh, they have some really good caramel apples. So what they'll do, they'll put the caramel on, but then they'll like coat it in chocolate, mm. and then some like may- some will have like sprinkler, whatever, a bunch of shit on it. That's it's bomb. But I don't like to eat it because you don't eat it off. You gotta cut the apple off of that yeah, see, and then cut it into slices. If it comes on a stick and you can't eat it on the stick, then that's stupid. No, no, no. I disagree. <laughs> no one you, takes you a corn dog sh- and chops dude, it off and puts it between a bun. I love a shish kebab. Okay, I'm a big shish okay, kebab I like guy. It. But I'll take it off and eat it if it's like steak that's and it's only a big because chunk it's of steak. A, you it's a giant kebab and you can't put the whole thing in your now, mouth. Now, that's an underrated. That's something I do get is kebabs. <laughs> hmm. I, I, kebabs? <laughs> You don't have to explain those to me. I'm a big kebab guy. All right, well, let's get into the bowl breakdown, Tower. But first, uh, give us a rundown on BetUS and why our listeners need to uh, Bet join US. BetUS. BetUS. Something really cool about uh, BetUS, they have BetUS TV. So not only can you bet every sport you want to bet, they've got a casino. So you like a uh, little, little blackjack, little roulette, you can do that. You like to bet the horses, you can do that on BetUS. You like to bet boxing, UFC, MMA, do that. Also, they have their own kind of little TV network. So you can watch college football preview shows, NFL preview shows, college basketball, NBA, all of the above. I mean, BetUS is reaching out in so many different ways to consumers like you who want a better betting experience. So check them out online, BetUS.com. Use promo code TAILGATE when you're signing up. That goes a long way. That helps us out so much. And look, you know, we provided picks all year. We love, you know, helping the audience out and, and doing whatever we can to provide a good show. The only way that you guys, you know, we don't have a Patreon or anything like that. So if you want to help out, My sign Venmo. Up. Yeah, <laughs> Will's Venmo. If you want to help out the show and you want to add a sports book, which I always recommend having more books to shop around at, add BetUS, use promo code TAILGATE. Goes a long way with us, like I said. And we've kind of had an update every week on the entertainment bets. All these bets I talk about are going to be under the entertainment category of BetUS. Uh, we've talked about the alien attack. We've talked about uh, the hot dog eating contest, all that kind of stuff. Today, we can look at some early Super Bowl bets, a couple early ones that you can bet on. Um, will the halftime show, will fi- Will the five artists who perform collaborate together? The Yes Pays Plus 150. There's five artists There's for the halftime show? There's five artists this year, yes. It's pretty good. It's like Dre and Eminem and Mary J. Blige. And you, can no bet on, you can bet on the first song. All of them are going to sing individually. Um, mm. Yet you can bet on, uh, will Eminem make a political statement? All that kind of stuff. And, are they going to uh, end with... Uh, Hey, 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 smoke weed every day. I hope they do. <laughs> like, is Dr. Dre going to throw that out at the Super Bowl? <laughs> I hope they do. <laughs> but it's just fun. Like, that's what I love about BetUS is they take the normal experience of betting and just add this fun stuff on top. And like For I sure. said, you know, like, and can I can I say something that may sting? A, a little rude awakening to all the sports bettors out mm. there. Sports books, sports books have about roughly a 2.5% edge over the average better. And most people listening, sorry to say, are probably average betters. The house has a 2.5%, well, 2.4% edge over you. You know the house edge over a good blackjack player? It's it's less than 1%. Mm-hmm. So you, you if you sit all day, and if you sit all, every day for a month and play blackjack, and you sit all day for a month and bet sports, you're going to lose about five times more money betting sports than blackjack if you just play classic strategy for blackjack. 
So, uh, yeah, go play blackjack at BetUS. Online, bet, <laughs> online BetUS.com. Or promo code tailgate. Listen to our, uh, our best bets for all the bowl games. And we got some best bets coming up. Let's go. All right, this is a bowl bonanza. This is insane. We're breaking down all the remaining bowl games. And we got 30 here, so we're going to be cruising through these. We're not going to be doing nearly as many in-depth breakdowns. I have um, so much stuff. If I get going, just yeah, let yeah, me know of course. to shut no, up. But like, for some games, we may have a big breakdown. For others, we may not. So we're going we're gonna to rip through some of these. But we're going to get picks for every game. As we said last week, for That's listeners right. who didn't listen to last week's show, sometimes, well, a lot of the time during the season, we would pass on games. You know, you wouldn't have a strong opinion. Yep. We, so we're forcing a pick on every game. So me and That's Will right. don't have the option to pass. That's right. You have to pick a side every game and, and bet against the spread. So we're forcing a pick. I normally don't recommend this, but hell, let's have some fun. And now for the first bowl, this is one where neither of us have to And we're going one. in order, right? Yes. Right. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl. So Ooh, this, this, this is actually tomorrow. It's played on Tuesday. Big potato guy. Uh, Wyoming versus Kent State. Yeah, I think I'm having twice baked potatoes tonight for dinner. Love it. Fact, yeah. So you do get potatoes. <laughs> I totally get potatoes. I get potatoes. Absolutely. He gets them, folks. <laughs> um, Wyoming, three-point favorite versus Kent State. Oh, yeah. Look, Wyoming has an advantage of comfort at altitude here, which is important. Uh, you know, Boise's not as high of an altitude as like a Denver or, you know, Wyoming, where Wyoming plays in Laramie, but it is pretty high altitude and high for Kent State, and it's a shorter travel for fans, which means this is going to be much more of a home field environment, I think, for Wyoming than Kent State, but Kent State has a better run game, and they have a better name. They're the Golden Flashes. I'm going with the MAC team. I'm going with... Uh, Kent State plus three. Let's go. Yeah, we are on the same side here. Battle of styles. Kent State goes really fast. And Wyoming sputters on offense. They really want to run the ball, control the clock. I don't think they will this game. Kent State, also, you look at their non-conference schedule. Yeah, they played VMI, but they also played Texas A&M, Iowa, Maryland. I mean, that's three of their six losses. Their other losses were at Western Michigan, who's 10th in the country in yards per completion, at Central Michigan, who's 25th in the, in, uh, the country in passing yards per game. Uh, and then their other loss was the MAC championship. I think Kent State could actually be flat. That's my only concern betting mm. on them this game is if they don't really want to show up because they had high expectations this season. Been eating but- too many potatoes since they got <laughs> to Boise. I'll take Kent State plus the three. Okay, Smitty. Uh, I'm going to go Pokes. Just Pokes. Be, just wow. to be the contrarian. The wow. Cowboys. The nah. Wyoming Cowboys. All right, Smitty's taking the Cowboys. We're going to track all these picks, and after the Bulls are done, we're going to track the real champion. I got them right here. Track uh, the next one up. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. You guys ever... Uh, <laughs> what a ring to that. You guys name. ever have Tropical Smoothie Cafe? I know. It's really good. How can it it's just not, be... It's, it's a, not as good as Jamba Juice, though. Jamba Juice is much I'm better. I'm not even I a think. big Jamba Juice guy, and I like Ooh, smoothies. I like Jamba. But, but, like, yeah. if you're going to be a cafe, then you, I don't think your name should be Tropical no, Smoothie well, Cafe. But they have smoothies, but they also have, like, sandwiches and stuff right. like that. So it's, it's kind of a... It's a weird restaurant. I will say that. It is strange going in. It, it kind of a weird atmosphere. Like they don't. You're right. They kind of identity crisis. Yeah, tropical but, smoothie uh, cafe. Can you get a Cuban there? No, you can't get a Cuban. It's right. like like uh, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, it's like turkey it's and stuff out. like that. I, I've a never eaten the with food. His in Swiss, but it's pretty <laughs> right. good. But Some here's mustard. the thing: if like Jamba or all that stuff, order it thick. That's what I always do because mm. it's it's. I don't like it really. Interesting. Yeah, I like a homemade smoothie. But mm. we got the tropical smoothie cafe Frisco Bowl. <laughs> Frisco <laughs> in Frisco, Texas, San Diego yeah. State, two and a half point favorite versus the University of Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners. Mm-hmm. And look, 
This one's really simple to me. This is basically, you know, it's not a full-on home game, but no one from San Diego, I'm sorry, people of Frisco, Texas, people from San Diego don't want to go and spend a weekend in Frisco, Texas. Uh, it's not so bad to drive from San Antonio to Frisco. It's a lot worse to be like, we're in beautiful San Diego. We got palm trees and beaches and everything is chill, brah. So now <laughs> we're going to go spend a weekend to go root on the chill, Aztecs. Bro. That's not going to happen. This is basically going to be a home field for UTSA. And being a Michigan fan, I can't bet on Brady Hoke, who's the head coach of San mm-hmm. Diego State. Give me the Roadrunners and their high-powered offense uh, playing in front of their home fans. You know, I don't think that San Diego State – San Diego State's offense is terrible. They haven't been able to score on anyone this year. I like UTSA here plus two and a half. We got a bet board game. Ah, nice. I know. I, I think that uh, you're off about the motivation here. Now, I did at first wonder about motivation for San Diego. And I think all the fans going are going to have a poor time. I don't think they're going to bring many fans. All five. But this is a business trip for San Diego State. This is a big game for them. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't understand this till I started looking at this game because before, I actually thought the same thing. I was like, I'm on UTSA. They've had a great season so far. You look at their record, but I think it, the record's a little deceiving. But I was on them to start off. Then I start getting into what the locals are saying and the articles and this team. The seniors on this team, have been so vocal this year about wanting to get to 12 wins. And now that mm. now it's within sight and they obviously lost the uh, conference championship game. And uh, so I think that I don't think motivation is going to be a big deal at all. Uh, quote here from their DN Cameron Thomas, one of the best players on the team, a captain. We, uh, we look forward to what's next and winning the, uh, uh, excuse me. We look forward to what's next and winning 12. It's what's next for us. We've never done that before. Uh, their right guard, Will Dunkey, quote, bull, <laughs> all right, good name. Will, Will Dunkey, shout out. Uh, bull games are a privilege. It definitely hurts that we didn't reach our ultimate mission of winning the conference, but there's still a chance for us to be one of the best teams in San Diego State history. So we shifted our focus to that. We've never had 12 wins, so we'd be the first team ever to do so. That's all they're talking about. That is the mission here. And I think San Diego State's clearly the better team. They've got a much better offensive line. And you're right, Will, they haven't put a whole lot of points up yet this season and look their their lines don't really grade too well but i love the individual matchups of this game uh their dn cam thomas is the fourth according to pff is the fourth best defensive player in the country and has the most quarterback pressures their right guard will dunkey who i just uh, quoted fourth best guard in the country second best rush uh rush blocker so they've got real athletes on this team i like san diego state a lot and uh Keep in mind for the Western for the uh, Mountain West Championship where they lost that game, could have had a chance to get to twelve. I think they would be flat after that. Mm. The fact that they lost is a big deal. And keep in mind also they were missing San Diego State was missing twenty players due to COVID for that game. They were decimated. They had pretty much no starters. So you're saying for that they're game. soft. They're, I'm saying they were done for that game. <laughs> so now they have their starters back. Um, I really like them. But plus UTSA, it's all about Frank Harris. They've got a great quarterback who does everything for them. Um, he has 3,000 passing yards, second leading rusher on the team. So the main question for me is, does San Diego State have the athleticism on the outside to contain uh, Harris? And I believe they do. I'll take San Diego State minus the three for our first bet. Two and a half, show. right? No, it's three. Oh, it's three. Even it's better. Three. Okay, I'll take it's UTSA three. plus three. I love it. Um, okay, so we got our first bet board game. Absolutely loving that one. Let's go. Let's go Roadrunners. Um, moving on to Wednesday, the 22nd. We got the Lockheed Armed Forces Bowl, Army versus Missouri. And right now, Army is a four-point favorite versus the Missouri Tigers. Now, look, um, Missouri made a big splash in recruiting. We talked about that earlier earlier the show. I think that pr- the program is moving in a positive direction with Eli Drinkowitz. 
However, none of those dudes are on the team right now. And you look at this Missouri defense, they've been so bad against the run all year long. They're getting run on by everyone. Teams that aren't good against the run tells me a couple things. It means they can be bullied or it means that they are undisciplined. And if you're going to play against an option team, a, 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 a service academy team like Air Force, you have to be disciplined 100% of the time to be able to stop that run game. I don't see it happening. Not to mention, this is the Armed Forces Bowl sponsored by Lockheed. They might have a bit of a betting interest here personally in making <laughs> Air Force look good considering the Air Force might buy a lot of stuff from Lockheed. Army. Uh, oh, Army. I'm sorry. What's wrong with me? Um, yeah, well, whatever. Same thing, it. though. It's, it's military. <laughs> it's it's the military. Uh, you know, I think... So that, hold on. Just to let you know, the line right now... It's how many a, times did I just say Air Force? A, a lot gracious. of movies. <laughs> a lot of money's coming in on Army. It's five and a half now. Five and a half? Yeah, so we have to be accurate for the audience. Okay. And it's probably going to get to six by the time a lot of people listen. So All right. So it's five and a half now. Um, I'm sticking with Army here, minus five and a half. I think that if you're ever going to have a company that would be willing to maybe influence the refs a little bit in order to make the 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 service academy team look good in the Armed Forces Bowl, I'm going with Army here, minus five and a half. I'm going Army as well. I'll try and get through my notes here pretty quickly because uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, Missouri's running back Tyler Batty, like he's he's one of the best rushers in the SEC. I think he led the SEC in rushing this year with 1600 yards. Um, but it, it's not a great offensive line, so he kind of does everything for him. I think the offensive line is 103rd in power success, according to Football Outsiders, mm. and that's something you need to beat Army. Uh, Missouri's five road games this year, and, and I look at bowl games as pseudo-road games, so it's a big deal to me if you go on the road, perform well, I think you're going to mirror that in, in these bowl games. Missouri's had five road games this year, one and four straight up, and 0-5 oh against the spread. Yeah, Their bad. one straight-up win was uh, against Vandy, but they... Uh, we're 16-point favorites, and they won 37-28, so they didn't even cover. That's so they're 0-5 against the spread on the road. Army, very good team, and don't let the Navy result fool you. Those teams know each other so well. They always play close. Army's got offense. They scored 56 against Wake. They also gave up 70 that game. And they, uh, <laughs> But uh, I don't think Missouri is going to do what Wake did and throw the ball for 460 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, they don't do that. So yep. Army can stop the run. Missouri wants to run the football. And also, motivation is going to be a factor. How much does Missouri an SEC team want to show up? And Army, after that loss, big rebound against an SEC team, uh, I really like Army minus five and a half. Smitty? Uh, yeah, I'm on Army as well. And we forgot to get your UTSA versus... Uh, I'll, I'll be on Aztecs for that one. Aztecs. Mm, and you beep. said you're on Army, right? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm, I'm jotting this down. Next up, Thursday, the Frisco Football Classic Bowl presented by Ryan. Hey, what did you, you know? see that? Are, are we changing days? Is this one on? Is this the first one on Thursday? Or yes. Is last, okay. Yes. So mm -hmm. Thursday, the... Thursday, this would be the 23rd. 23rd. All right. Um, apparently, there's a tax company that's just called Ryan. So, uh, yeah, Smitty, I, I started a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and you're sponsoring the Frisco Football Classic Bowl. Can I just quickly say Frisco's getting a lot of pub here? Yeah, what is Frisco? Frisco, Frisco. Is, is a weird name. Well, the first one is in Frisco, Texas. I think this one's in. No, this is the same thing. Same, same, it's a Toyota uh, Stadium in Frisco, Texas. Now, I don't know who normally plays there in Frisco. Can you find that out? Toyota Stadium. Is that like where uh, you know North Texas plays, maybe or? Frisco Frogs. I'm wondering. I'm wondering who plays there typically. FC Dallas. Oh, the soccer team. Yes. Huh. Okay. How about that? Uh, so yeah, the Frisco Bowl presented by Ryan. We got Miami of Ohio, three point favorite versus North Texas. Wait, now wait, I can't believe Frisco Texas has two games. That's just bullshit. I know we just said that, but that <laughs> is. You're, you're thinking some bribe money. You know how many cities would be glad to have a bowl game, and they get two in Frisco. Hey Frisco? Man, don't disrespect the people of Frisco. No, I did it earlier, but <laughs> let's, not pile, let's not pile on. Um, right. 
Yeah, we got Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks, minus three versus North Texas. Now, look, the game is in Frisco, Texas. That's good for, for North Texas because they're not traveling very far. But I just like these MAC teams. I think these MAC teams are a little bit underrated this year. Uh, I'm going with the Red Hawks minus three here. I like Miami of Ohio. I like Miami of Ohio too, and I have a whole breakdown. I was hoping we'll be on North Texas for this game. And also about Red Hawks, uh, Red Feather Hawks are big uh, predators around here. That's right. And so what I'll do is uh, I'll uh, I live kind of like by nature, and a lot of times get birds. Kind of like by nature. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I get birds. Who land on my chimney, and I can hear them up there, and it drives me crazy because I'll hear them beep 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 beep. And right, on, and so what I'll do sometimes is I'll get my speakers and I'll play sound effects of red uh, feather hawks, and it gets rid of them just like that. <laughs> so I love red feather hawks; they help me out through YouTube, kind of like okay. by nature. Uh, my breakdown for this game: <laughs> North Texas started one in six, but uh, had losses to SMU, UAB, Mizzou, Liberty. So they had a hard start to the to the season, and really a. Uh, uh, it showed on the record, but they ended beating UTSA, a great win in their in their final showing. Overall, this is a good team, but they're coming up against a very talented Miami of Ohio. Miami, Miami also could easily be nine and three. Okay, so Miami is is six and six right now. Three of their losses though are by a combined four points. That's I'll big. repeat that. Three of their losses are by a combined four points. They lost to Ohio by one, Kent State by two, and Eastern Michigan by one, and that was in the Kitty Playground and the in the the gray turf mm. their fucking kitty playground like i called it last week eastern michigan so huh. and they only lost by one that game so i think we have a really underrated miami of ohio team here uh by the way football outsiders power success rate for the offensive line i mentioned that stat earlier uh miami of ohio is top 10 in the nation so i think they have a big day on offense i think brett gabbert brother of a uh, blaine gabbert mm. has a big day he's got 2500 yards this year 24 touchdowns six picks and uh, I think Kayon uh, uh, Mosey, good name, gets his yards on the ground. But uh, look for Miami of Ohio to overwhelm North Texas in the air. I like Miami of Ohio minus the three points. Blaine Gabbert uh, working for that tax company now, as it turns out. Uh, Smitty, yes. who is your pick going to be? <laughs> um, just to be the contrarian, give me North Texas. North Texas. Okay, love it. Mean Green. We move on to the Union is that Home. Mean green? Union? Uh, no, Mean Green is the, uh, that's Tulane, right? Or is that the green wave? wave. Oh, man. I don't know what's going on. Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla uh, Bowl. Now, when I heard this, the first thing I thought was, what what is Gasparilla? It's not Sasparilla. I thought it's Sasparilla. That's what... The Gasparilla Bowl. Look, the meaning... I I Googled. The the, the meaning of Gasparilla is there's a legendary pirate whose name was Jose Gaspar. He was the last of the Buccaneers. He terrorized the coastal waters of West Florida during the late 18th and 19th century, late 18th and early 19th century. Cool. When Gaspar died, he supposedly left a fortune in buried treasures somewhere along the Florida coast. So uh, that you know, Gasparilla is like this big celebration of of pirates in the in the Tampa area and along the Florida coasts. And mm. so now we got the Gasparilla Bowl. That sounds awesome. It's, it's being played sounds so stupid in me. Tampa, <laughs> where the Bucs play. And this is great. It's Florida versus UCF, two of the most yeah. really underachieving Florida teams this year. Right now, the Gators are six-and-a-half-point favorites versus Central Florida. Both these teams thought they'd be in a better spot at the beginning of this year. But I think that things have been worse for Florida. And we talk about it. We're going to talk about it a lot during the show. Motivation is a big factor in bowl games. These are teenagers. You know, do they even want to be doing this? Their season is over. They don't care about the Gasparilla Bowl. They probably don't even know the Gasparilla Bowl existed two months ago. <laughs> and now they're playing in it. 
And even though this has been a disappointing year for Gus Malzahn in Central Florida, it was worse for Florida. Dan Mullen got fired. Things are really bad there. Emory Jones is transferring out. Um, I think that Central Florida can play the underdog aspect here against Florida. For them, it's a big rivalry to play an in-state school where they feel like they're always disrespected against them. And I just feel like there's zero motivation from Florida's part whatsoever, even after hiring Billy Napier. I like Central Florida plus six and a half. Yeah, I agree. I think this whole thing comes down to motivation. And uh, does Florida want to beat UCF? Like, that's the entire handicap to me. Uh, I'm not so sure about Central Florida. You know, I I actually, I have them too. This is not a bad board game. Um, But I think they have some, quote, good losses, I guess. But, I mean, they've really beat up on some shitty teams and elevated their stats that way. Yeah. Uh, PFF does not respect their strength of schedule. They've got UCF 110th out of 130. And I just think Florida's bigger, much better. But, again, it's tough to get motivated, I think, if you're Florida for a game like this. So my entire handicap comes down to, will the Gators be motivated? You know, what's the coaching staff going to be able to do? Um, so I'll take uh, UCF plus 6.5. Okay, fair enough, Smitty. UCF as well. Same Zs. All right, we move on to Friday, Christmas Eve, the 24th. Friday, Christmas Eve. Uh, a little we, bit of Christmas Eve football. The Hawaii Bowl to start. We got Memphis <sighs> versus Hawaii. Memphis is eight and a half point road favorite here. <laughs> this game is played at home field for Hawaii. And this line opened at Memphis minus three. It's jumped up to eight and a half. That's a big movement. Now, look. Hawaii is always in the Hawaii Bowl, it seems like, and I feel like that sucks for those players. I get why they do it. It's probably expensive to travel the whole team elsewhere, Um, but this is basically a home field for the Rainbow Warriors. They've played in this game in the Hawaii Bowl. It's currently nine, by the way. Nine times. Oh, okay. It's currently, wow, already moved up to nine. Um, They've played in this game nine times since this started in 2002, Hawaii has. And they're five and four in those games straight up, which to me means the home field advantage doesn't matter, and maybe they're not so motivated because most teams, when they get like a bowl game, they get to travel somewhere else. The other team, Memphis, is probably stoked to go to Hawaii. Are you kidding me? You're going from Memphis, Tennessee, out to Hawaii. I bet you know it's a blast. You're on the beach. You're having fun. And when you look at those wins and losses, they're five and four straight up in those nine games. Hawaii, that is, in the Hawaii Bowl. When they do lose, they get beat up bad. So the fact that Memphis is already the, – the the line has moved up this much. We're now looking at Memphis nine-point nine favorite. I just think Memphis is the way better team, and I think that once Hawaii gets down, they're they're not going to want to fight to get back. I think they're going to lose big. I'm taking Memphis minus nine. Oh, we got a bad board game here. All right, Absolutely. so this spread actually – here, I'm going to put up my notes, plus nine. Boom. All right, it's marked. This spread actually seems right to me. Like, this seems accurate – at first glance, and I know Memphis is a really impressive six and six team. Like the American was really good this year. I think I like Memphis. I think they've done some good things. But I pointed out uh, close losses before, so I have to do that again. Memphis lost by three to UTSA, three to Temple, one to ECU. So they've got a good schedule. I understand that, and I call it the Memphis Air Show, circa twenty twenty one. They've thrown for like three hundred thirty six hundred yards this year. Uh, on the ground compared to 1,600. Uh, excuse show. me, 3,600 3, in the air compared to 1,600 on the ground. So they throw the football. They definitely can move the ball. Hawaii is the rare 6-7 and seven team, but they're getting better. Now, they really struggled to start the season. Offense is picking up. I mean, I think they, what, they beat Wyoming 38-14 their last game. They put up 50 against CSU the week before that. So they're finally starting to score points. And 
Hawaii usually, like Will said, does does good at home. They perform against the spread. And as I mentioned before, I like to look at how teams do on the road. Memphis, 0-5 against the spread on the road this year. They've been really bad against the number on the road. So I'll take Hawaii, plus 9. I, I see Memphis showing up and uh, treating this like a holiday. And I don't think they are... Um, you know, I don't think they show up at all. They could get the win, but I think Hawaii surprised a lot of people here. Okay. Hawaii plus nine. Smitty? Yeah, I like the nine. I'm going to go uh, with Hawaii as well. All right. Smitty goes with Hawaii. Now, we move to Christmas Saturday. There's only one bowl game, and I kind of think it's messed up to make some kids play a bowl game on Christmas. It's not like the NBA where we expect that every year or whatever. That kind of sucks. And it's not even like it's the Tax Act Camellia Bowl. Um, I looked it up. Camellia is the Alabama State Flower, and the game is in Montgomery, Alabama. So that's why. But this is just brutal. It's Georgia State versus Ball State. You're going to make these guys play on a Christmas Day bowl game that, I'm sorry, no one gives a shit about. No one cares about Ball State versus Georgia State, unfortunately. So let's hope that we can make it juicy so you guys can watch and give these kids something to play for. But Georgia State, five-point favorite versus Ball State. Now, look, I don't know a lot about these teams. (laughs) I don't know a lot about these teams. But so what I did for both these, as I looked up the notable alumni from each school and then i'm going to pick based off of who i like most from each school so the top two most notable alumnus from ball state are david letterman and papa john he got canceled papa rough go john. but <laughs> delicious pizza papa's um, in the house the papa's in the house papa, uh, papa's pedophile for, pizza for georgia state i don't think that's what he got canceled for <laughs> but okay um <laughs> let's uh, just the alliteration three p's <laughs> It works better. Um, to who tell doesn't fake love a shakaroni? <laughs> oh, the shakaroni. Georgia State. Like fifteen bucks for a big old pizza. That's a good deal. Uh, shout out Shaq. Sorry, um, <laughs> that's okay. Georgia State. Their their uh, two most popular alum is Ludacris and Julia Roberts. I got to go with Georgia State at that point. So I'm going with uh, Georgia State minus five because I like their alumnus okay. better. I actually have some football to talk about here. <laughs> uh, Georgia State, uh, they beat the bad teams and lost to the good teams. It's hysterical when you split their schedule from shitty teams to pretty good teams because they didn't have a lot in the middle. They won the games they're supposed to, and they got killed in a lot of games they weren't supposed to win. So the whole question is how good is Ball State? Uh, I like Ball State. We talked about the Mac earlier. Really good season, I think. I mean, I think they're up this year compared to where we thought they'd be. Georgia Southern wants to pound the rock, and they really do have the line to do it. Um, and I think a lot of this does come down to uh, motivation. So You're um, going bet board. You're going with Ball State. No, I'm going Georgia State. Oh, okay. You yeah. just said... I know, I know. Ball State... Say, no, I, I mean, look, I like Ball State. Okay. I think they're a good team. But, but, I think but jo- you like Georgia State here. I okay. like... Well, because it all comes down to motivation. Right. I don't think Ball State cares at all to show up for this game. And I think Georgia State is going to be super I mean look Georgia State was 0-2 uh, or 0-2 like 0-12 like two years ago maybe like 1-11 a couple yeah. years ago they've completely turned things around this is a big deal for them and Ball State had bigger plans than this so big I think deal that, for Julia Roberts too. yeah a huge <laughs> game for Julia uh, Julia's wormhole you think either of them will be there Ludacris or Julia will be no like Ludacris could be the halftime performer I don't think a lot of people are going to be at this game <laughs> okay fair enough well we're both on Georgia State Smitty Ball State Ball State mm. okay cool uh, we move on Monday the 27th so I guess there's no games the day after Christmas there's just one on Christmas Monday the 27th we've got the Quick Lane Bowl I don't know what what Quick Lane Bowl should be, but it should be a bowling. It should be about bowling. Like Quick Lane should be a bowling company, right? A bowling business. Quick Lane. 
I don't know. Well, it should be. Especially yeah, because it's the bowl, like a, a quick lane bowl. It makes me think like about a, going bowling. It's like a tire and auto center, it looks like. Oh, okay. That's cool, too. Uh, yeah. Western Michigan, six and a half point favorite versus Nevada. Now, look, if you saw these two teams play this year, you might wonder why that is. I, normally, I would think Nevada would be favored in this game. And the reason why is because Nevada is all about their passing game. They have one of the most prolific passing games uh, in the country. And their prolific. stud quarterback, Carson Strong, has opted out. He's going pro. I call so him Carson Week. <laughs> Carson Week. There we go. Carson Carson Strong has opted out. So he's not playing for Nevada. So Nevada basically doesn't have their entire engine for the offense. Not to mention this game is played in Detroit. That works to Western Michigan's benefit here. Uh, Western's been really good against the pass all, all year, which is good because we know that Nevada doesn't want to run the ball. So now it's all in this backup quarterback to take over for Carson Strong. And I think Western Michigan has proven they're good against the pass. They'll be able to slow them down. They even beat Pitt this year. And Pitt was, you know, ACC champion, really good team. So I like Western here minus six and a half, Tyler. Yeah, I do too. Um, big deal, like you mentioned, Carson Strong being out. I mean, that's a huge part of this. I don't think that Nevada's going to be able to keep up offensively with him out of the game. Uh, Western Michigan is third in the country in time of possession, and Nevada is third in passing yards. So when Nevada gets the ball, they're going to have to be efficient. And like I said, I don't think they will be. Uh, Western Michigan can move the ball. They're balanced. I think they're going to look to make this a shootout, and I think it will be. Uh, and they're just going to pull away. I don't think Nevada will be able to keep up. So uh, as I mentioned, Western Michigan, third in time of possession. So compared to Nevada's defense, who uh, played the 12th fewest snaps any team in the country, Okay, so Nevada's team or Nevada's defense was not on the on the field for very long. Again, Nevada's team, Nevada's uh, defense played the twelfth fewest snaps of any team in the country. So I think Western Michigan grinds them out, makes them tired. I'll take uh, Western Michigan Broncos minus uh, seven. Smitty, oh, it's seven now. Not what did six you and say? a half? I thought no, it was six it, and it a half. It is seven, my okay. friend. Well, I'm still rolling with Western. So, Smitty, your pick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, with Western Michigan as well. Okay. God, the Broncos. We're not having that many bet board games here. No, oh, we got some bigger games heating up. So, uh, the next up, the Military Bowl. Boston College versus ECU, Eastern Carolina. Look, I think this, this Eastern Carolina team was really solid here. They were a, pr- a pretty good AAC team. And frankly, I think you could have said the AAC was as good, if not better, than the ACC this year. And Boston College had a bad season, very disappointing year overall. They went 6-6. Six and six. They were hoping for it to be a bigger year for Jeff Halfley. Uh, I think this ECU team is tough. I think they're a lot better than what people you know, give them credit for. They're, they're always kind of this perpetual underdog. I think they're a very good team. If you're giving me three-point uh, three points to pick the Purple Pirates, I'm going. Let's go with ECU. God, look. I, I'm, I have all this written down on paper. I have ECU also. I'm not just... Because what, what some people may argue who don't know or who can't see is that maybe I'm going like metagame. And because if I agree with Will on everything, then he can't catch up to me, right? Because he's seven games Oh, right, well, then let's just start having you lead a couple more games. We'll take turns. Should we that take way, turns? Yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Because I'm being honest with you. No I, I have all these written down. But yeah, we can take turns here. All right, so should I... Or well, here, I'll, let me get my break So we're both here. on e- ECU, right? Yeah, I'm on ECU. Um, I have a whole, you know, it's mainly about uh, Phil Jerkovich. You know, he he just returned about a month ago. He'd gone for half the season. Boston so he, College's quarterback. Yeah, Boston College quarterback. So he's going to be able to elevate the way that they play. So I think they're going to be better than their stats this year. But that's taken into account in the line. Uh, ECU's quarterback, uh, Holt Nellers, uh, 3,000 yards this year. But he also rushed the ball. Uh, I think he was... Second or third on team in rushing yards. I could be off on that, but they do have a, th- a thousand yard rusher as well in Keaton Mitchell. So uh, I think Boston College defense may be a little underrated, but all about motivation for here. ECU wants this one bad. I don't think BC uh, will be very up for this game. So we'll take ECU plus three. Smitty? 
Uh, give me Boston College on this one. Boston College. All right. Smitty's on Boston College. We move on to Tuesday, December 28th. The Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. Ticket uh, smarter. Tickets. Ticket stupider. <laughs> I could have sworn it was ticket See, smarter. Well, and, and when I look it at it, smarter? when I look at it on the outline, like it's oh, it's like I I've never had, heard of ticket smarter. I, 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 I may have just it, not had enough coffee when also, I read it. It's also just like screwing with like my dyslexia. <laughs> Wait, is it? <laughs> like, no, I'm sure it's Ticketmaster. Um, I, that sounds a lot more. That sounds better than ticket smarter. <laughs> um, so if you Google ticket smarter, does anything come up? It's got to be Ticketmaster, right, dude? It's the fucking Ticket Smarter Bowl. Okay, thank you. So I'm not crazy. So I'm not crazy. I didn't read it wrong. <laughs> no, I, I read it wrong, clearly. Yeah, but I, I read it wrong, too. Oh, that's so funny. Ticket Smarter. Let's see what Ticket Smarter... I'm assuming Ticket Smarter is like, uh, yeah, they sell tickets. It's Ticketmaster, but smarter. <laughs> um, exactly. So the Ticket Smarter Birmingham <laughs> Bowl, a game obviously being played in Birmingham, Alabama. And that's important mm. because the teams featured here is, is Auburn versus Houston. And Auburn, obviously playing in front of a home crowd we expect here. Three-point favorite versus Houston. You know, look, one of the most important things, we talked about motivation, of course, and Auburn, you know, kind of like a a down year, but not that bad. They were really tough. They played a lot of teams tough. Houston had a huge year, so they would have a lot of motivation, you would think, to, to continue. Obviously, they, they lost their last game to Cincinnati. They got blown out. So where is their where are their heads at from a motivational standpoint here? But the other thing I want to look at, is the coach's record in bowl games. Now, I trashed on Brian Harson a lot uh, at the beginning of the season, and he's completely made me look stupid. He's been very impressive. I think Auburn's defense is incredible. But the main thing I'm looking here is Dana Holgerson. Holgo, his bowl record is 2-6 and six straight up. That means he's not good at preparing his teams for bowl games. Um, I like Auburn here in minus three. I think their defense shines. I think the running game uh, does really well. And uh, and I think that Auburn, you know, basically just keeps Houston off the board and wins this game by three. God damn! All right, look, it's it's on here. Auburn oh yeah, I should have had you lead it. What we are we doing? I know. Well, I'll do, I'll take the next one. Auburn minus three. Uh, it's all about uh, Auburn's motivation playing in Alabama. Do they want to show up for this game? And I think Brian Harson is super motivated to end the season strong. He's coming off four straight losses, and there's a lot of pressure with these new coaches coming into the SEC. So I think this is a big game for Auburn and Brian Harson. And they're the better team, obviously. Obviously, you know, there's questions about the quarterback position and their offense, but I think Houston's going to be down for this game. You know, Houston was down 14-13 at half against Cincinnati and ended up blowing it the second half. So Houston had goals and visions of playing in a huge bowl game, and now they're in the ticket smarter bowl, which I thought was the (laughs) ticket master bowl. And I know Houston's good, but I really trust Harson and Auburn in this spot. So I'll t- I will take Auburn uh, minus three. I think they're motivated, and I think they come out and uh, have a big game. Smitty? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Houston on this one. Houston. He's rolling with the Cougs. Ryan on every H-Town. game. H-Town. <laughs> Peace up, H-Town down. All right, next bowl, uh, first responder bowl. Do you have the date for this one, Will? Uh, same day. Still, still on the 28th. Tuesday same the 28th. Day. This one's easy for me. Air Force option will be too much to overcome. Air Force is also a really good team. So it's not just the option surprise. Because, look, if you play Army on a bad year, you're going to have trouble with them. It's just hard to stop the option when you haven't seen it. And Louisville, it, it, it's not enough just to say how good are teams against the rush, but it is enough to see how good are teams analytically against the rush. Okay, I don't care about rush yards. If you can prepare for the rush or have a good enough defensive line to stop the rush in general, you're going to show up in, in the analytics. Uh, according to uh, PFF's complete rush defense, Louisville 112th out of 130 in the country. In terms of efficiency, 119th out of 130 in the country. Air Force is going to have their way. I think uh, being a one and a half point underdog, 
is uh, disrespectful for, for Air Force. I know Louisville's been a bit of a public team, especially later on this year. I like Air Force plus one and a half, and uh, I think the option will surprise Louisville. I think Air Force scores some points too. So yeah, you mentioned Louisville, one and a half point favorite here. Um, look, Six and six is bad for Louisville, um, and I, th- you know, I mentioned before to beat a service academy team, you need discipline, and I think you're right. I think that Air Force is going to be able to run the ball and score some points here, but I really like the Louisville offense. I think they're capable. I think Malik Cunningham is is one of the most exciting players in college football, and I think that they're very capable of scoring a lot on Air Force here. I know that Air Force is going to want to dominate the time of possession and run the ball, but. I think that Louisville will have a lot of game-breaking plays, huge plays, and then maybe that will actually tire out the the uh, you know that'll keep their defense fresh, right? Because uh, b- because they'll be able to run the ball a lot, have lots of big plays. They won't have to be like playing from behind all the time. I actually like Louisville here. I'm going to take Louisville minus one and a half. So we got another bet board game. Hey, there we go, Smitty. I love it. Starting to get it going. Uh, yeah, I think I'm actually going to go with Air Force as well. Air Force. Smitty blindly picking against me since Justin Jefferson <laughs> scored a game, scored a touchdown in our fantasy match. I do like, now. I do like this game, Air Force. <laughs> by the way, I hate you. Uh, Is that what you guys are looking at? I'm like, what's going? on? I just, che- I just happen to check and we're right. so for those who don't know, which is everyone listening, yes. Ryan and Will are playing each other in our fantasy playoffs right now, mm-hmm. and so they keep like, I, lo- I had a big, I, I just checked up. and so looked it's nice and I did a fist pump. Least on the show, I did a fist pump and I looked over and Smitty was like, "You motherfucker!" So. Um, we're uh, battling it out. So you are. Yeah. The battle is on. All right. Next up, the Liberty Bowl. You want me to go here? Or should I take? I'll a lead. You take the next one. <laughs> um. Oh no. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Go it's ahead. Like yeah. Take some this sort one. of agenda. Take the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no. Me, I've got another. If anything, Will's got the agenda. Here. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like offering to be. Yeah. No, go ahead. All right. So uh, Liberty Bowl. Oh, Liberty for you, Jesus guys. <laughs> that's no. <laughs> that's nothing. Yeah. Uh, that's the wrong words. All right. Uh, this one's easy to me. Mississippi State in their wins. Oh, let's get the line first, right? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry about that. Mississippi State minus nine. Versus Texas Tech. Against Texas Tech, yep. exactly. I'll start singing before I give the important info. Mississippi State minus nine against Texas Tech. Uh, Mississippi State in their wins, 37 points per game. In their losses, 22 points per game. That's a big difference. Okay, big. So either teams can stop their pass attack or they can't. And Texas Tech is 109th in the country in pass yards allowed. They're going to have a long day. Mississippi State's going to throw the football, control the clock. And you're telling me Leach doesn't want to go shit all over Texas Tech? This is a big game for Mississippi State. And I think these SEC teams all are going to have a bit of a different approach to, to the bowl season. I think sometimes it's going to be a negative because coaches are going to be distracted, recruiting. And I think in some cases it's going to be a positive. Mike Leach has a young team. He's going to get a lot of transfers this season. These guys who are staying want to prove themselves for next year. So it's not just like it's motivation to want to win. It's your motivation for a spot next year on the team. And also, we all know Mike Leach doesn't take shit. He's going to put the guys out there who give him the best chance to win. I'm going to, I'm going to take uh, Mississippi State, swallowing the nine points here. We'll go uh, bleach the leech. I'm going the same way. Look, you said it. It's the easiest revenge game of all time. Um you know, we all know what happened there with Mike Leach at the end of his tenure at Texas Tech. It was bad. There was a bunch of bullshit because the ESPN guy, Craig James or whatever, made up a bunch of lies and got the ESPN machine going in order to make it seem like Mike Leach was this monster, did this horrible shit to his son. And then it all came out that was total bullshit. Mike Leach basically didn't really do anything wrong, and Craig James was just being a douchebag. Right. And so <laughs> I think that, that Mike Leach... 
is always looking for a way to get revenge against Texas Tech for firing him. Um, not to mention Texas Tech, they fired their head coach midseason. And to not that, that's going to be a big theme going on. There's a lot of teams that are playing without their coaches, but that's a big deal, not having your head coach uh, that you started the season with, having an interim head coach that doesn't know what they're doing as far as, as coaching uh, in a bowl game. And Mississippi State's defense is just too good here. I think that, that Leach wins big against his former school. I think he's got every motivation here to run up the score and win big, and I think the defense is good enough to slow down Texas Tech. So we're both in the Bulldogs here, minus nine. There we go. Smitty? Uh, yeah, give me Mississippi State as well. Okay, love it. Tyler, what's next? Now, Holiday Bowl. It's the holiday season, so it's time for the Holiday Bowl. Should I play the Jingle Bells again? No, we did that too much. All right. <laughs> um, do you want me to take this one again? Should I just keep it going? Yeah, go ahead. I'm on a little roll. Take uh, it. See, Will. All right, you're taking the next one then. Um, all right, so... Uh, I think we're going to have a bet board game here. NC State minus I, one versus UCLA. Yep. NC State minus one UCLA. I think we're going to have something here because I know which way will. I think I know which way will is going to go. He thinks he uh, knows. UCLA is hot. They are hot winning three of their, uh, their last three games, 44-20, 62-33 against USC, and uh, 42-12 in their last game. But they've had a month off. And teams who end the season and they're using momentum on a week-to-week basis like UCLA was and then have this layoff have not done well historically. I also think NC State, 9-3 and record with two really close losses to Wake and Miami. This is a very good team. I've been talking about them since the preseason. They're older, and this is one of the rare chances to capitalize on a good year. That means something to this program. Similar to... Uh, what was the early game I was talking about where they can get to 12 wins? It was uh, San Diego State. Yep. Same kind of thing here where I think North Carolina State is really motivated. And even though UCLA... I don't think motivation is going to be an issue here, actually. Okay? I think UCLA is going to be up for this game, too. I just think NC State is a better team. And UCLA is not going to be able to run the football, which they need to. I'll take NC State minus the one against UCLA. We do not have a bet board game. I'm also NC State. Look... I don't know why UCLA would want to be in the Holiday Bowl for this. They had a really hot start to the year. They were ranked really high at one point. I don't know where the motivation is to just go, hey, now we're going to San Diego from Los Angeles. That's not a very big bowl for them, I think. And you look at NC State, That's I think that's a, a good bowl for them. They're pumped on their Holiday Bowl uh, appearance, and they're just going to be more motivated there. Not to mention, UCLA just brings in transfer quarterback Dylan Gabriel. We find out he's going to UCLA. Where does that put uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson's head at for UCLA? Is he now saying, oh, I got to go find a new job. Uh, I don't want to go or a, a new team. I don't want to play for this team if they don't want me as the quarterback anymore. Chip Kelly doesn't have faith in me. I like NC State here minus one, so we're both on the same side there. All right, there we go. Love it. Uh, Smitty, your pick. Uh, I've been on the Bruins all year, so I'm going to stick with them. I'll go UCLA. Okay, he's taking UCLA. And the next bowl up. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl. What a name. You got this one. What a, what a name for the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. I mean, could we pick anything more fucking boring <laughs> than the Guaranteed Rate Bowl? Uh, it's hey, stupid. these players are getting paid now. They need to know interest rates. Min- <laughs> Minnesota taking on West Virginia right now. The Gophers, four and a half point favorites over the Mountaineers. Um, look, this West Virginia offense has been terrible all year. They've had a good defense, and their offense has just not been able to keep them in games. I don't like the coaching staff on offense there. And I look at the other side. I think that P.J. Fleck, he's just a great motivator for big games. And even though it wasn't the most, uh, it wasn't wasn't the greatest season for Minnesota, I think they had higher hopes. I like Tanner Johnson, a quarterback more. Uh, I think that the P.J. Fleck is just a better big game head coach. I trust him more in these spots. I think that's why they're favored here against West Virginia. And I think that Minnesota will be able to score. And I think that their defense that is very good will be able to shut down the West Virginia offense. I like Minnesota here minus four and a half. 
Yeah, I'm on uh, Minnesota as well. They're uh, underrated, I think, in the line. And uh, Football Outsiders, and they have an efficiency stat here, FEI. Minnesota is actually 17th in the country in total efficiency. So I know they haven't had a great season in terms of record or maybe even their expectations, but it's it's also kind of a fade of West Virginia. I don't want to play on them here. We'll take Minnesota minus, what did you say it was? Four and a half. Yep, let's do it. The Gophers. Smitty? Yeah, give me the Gophers. Gophers. Okay. All right. Next is the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Wasabi. Yeah, those are. When you think of Boston, I don't think about Wasabi. But Wasabi also. It's not like a brand. It's just wasabi. That's like calling it the peanut butter and jelly. But bowl. how can just it's, a not, wasabi sponsor that's something? My point. There's got to be a brand called wasabi. Is there a brand called wasabi? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. You I just want ahead. sushi now. I know, right? Ooh, I go for some sushi. No, wait, now I'm making my chicken with my twice baked potato. <laughs> All right, um, Virginia minus two and a half against SMU. Uh, this line has moved a little bit. Virginia minus two and a half. I think a lot of this comes down to Virginia being distracted, not too motivated. They just had the coaching turnover, obviously. Bronco Mendenhall out. I forget the guy who's in, but a lot of distraction. And I think that with the, with the question marks and the, and, the, and the coaching staff, I'm just not sure how prepared they're going to be for this game compared to SMU, who had a great start to the season and a horrible end of the season. They ended, I think, 1-4, but in those four losses... A couple three-point losses to uh, Tulsa, Memphis. This is actually a good team who people have faded and the market's faded on as of late. I think we have big value here on SMU, plus two and a half points. Um, The line seems to be moving. It's gone from two to two and a half in about 12 hours today. So by the time everyone's listening, if it's at three, obviously I like it more. But uh, right now, two and a half will take SMU and the points. Hmm. I'm a little torn on this. By the way, I looked it up. It's Wasabi Technologies. Oh, my gosh. The world's hottest cloud storage. I mean, who... Like, what? Do you think that it's worth it to sponsor a bowl game if you're Wasabi Technologies? But I, who? These cloud companies have a lot of money. Like, mm. uh, it's like tech stuff. It's like Silicon Valley. It's a Valley. huge tech thing. Like, the changing the world like the next thing. for the better. I think Oracle. Through cloud technologies. Isn't Oracle a cloud company, too? Like, maybe they like have a division. I don't know. Like, Oracle, Oracle Cloud, and they're blown up everywhere. But either way. Yeah, look, I don't like love SMU. That, that SMU is without their top two wide receivers who opted out of the, or two of their top three wide receivers who opted out of the bowl game. Um, I don't love that both of these coaches or both of these teams are, you know, no, no longer had their coach. And so I don't know where the advantage is there, but the, and I also don't like that it's being played at Fenway park. Don't play football games at baseball stadiums. It's stupid. And the next game is going to be the pinstripe bowl. It's stupid. It looks like shit. There's a bunch of empty space. I guess it'd be cool to sit at the green monster and watch from up high, but otherwise like that's dumb. And none of these players are going to be hyped to be playing in the Fenway park. I'm sorry. That's stupid. So I don't like that. Um, ultimately, I think Virginia has the better offense here. Well, uh, excuse me. I think that their offense will be more prepared. SMU always has a good offense here, but I like Virginia. I think that they, you know, I know that Tony Elliott's not going to be coaching this, but I think that's a smart move for them. And I think that maybe you're going to see, you know, players that are excited about the future of Virginia. So I'm going to go with you. I'm taking Virginia minus two and a half. Uh, no, I'm on SMU plus oh. two and a half. Okay. Well, we then got a bet board game. We got game. a bet board game. Ew. I don't know what I was doing there. I was too focused on Fenway Park being a stupid place. Smitty? Uh, give me the Mustangs. The Stangs. He's on the Stangers. He's going with the Stangs. All right, fair enough. All right, I think that's our third game. Let's go. Let's keep ramping them up. Okay, fair enough. Next up, I mentioned it before, the Pinstripe Bowl. It's being played at Yankee Stadium. Just stupid. Stop doing it, people. Uh, Maryland, minus three versus Virginia Tech. 
Now, these two used to play each other a lot when they were both in, what, the Big East, I think? Um, old school rivals. They are regional rivals. Uh, Maryland keeps their coach, Mike Loxley, Mike Loxley, and Virginia Tech, of course, fired uh, Justin Fuente throughout the year. They hire a new guy in Penn State's former defensive coordinator. I don't like what, what Virginia Tech has going on to me. They're just a team that you never want to bet on. They're really good one week. They're really bad the next week. They don't have an identity right now, and maybe that will change with the new hire. But right now, I think that Maryland knows who they are. They're a team that is flashy and wants to score a lot of points and do it through big plays with Tua Jr., Tua's little brother, Tawa uh, Tungavailoa. And I like Maryland here to score a lot of points. I think they're going to be more motivated to be in this bowl game than Virginia Tech. I'm taking Maryland minus three. Yeah, I am as well. I don't have a ton more to add on this. I do think it's a big deal what you said about the coaching staff, that Maryland's going to have that continuity. Um, that means a lot, I think, in these situations. So we'll, we, I'm, on, I'm with you there. Maryland minus three points. Okay, Smitty? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on the Terps as well. Terps! Turtle power. Yep. <laughs> uh, Tyler, you're up next. The Cheese It Bowl. Cheese It Bowl. All right. Should we're getting the, into the big ones. It should be the uh, fat-free Cheese It Bowl, but that's uh, for another day. Gross, gross. Uh, Clemson minus one against Iowa State. I can't imagine Clemson giving a shit about this game. Okay? Clemson, high expectations throughout the season. I, w- I-, I bet on Clemson on this show, maybe even against Will, like three or four times. I was on them all year because they had the motivation to show up and keep playing. Yep. This is a throwaway game for them. I can't imagine them showing up. Plus, on top of it, Dabo has been recruiting like a madman. Okay, so Dabo Sweeney, max distraction here. I don't think he's going to be ready for this game at all. I love Iowa State plus one. Give me the Cyclones. Look at you going with Matt Campbell. Look how far I you've know. come. I love I know. it. I've grown. I feel the same way. Look, they Clemson loses both their coordinators to new coaching jobs. Tony Young, that's gone. Uh, you know, uh, Brett Venable's gone. Went to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And that's important, too, because Clemson's whole strong point this year Good has point. been their defense. And with Venable's leaving, uh, one of the like dirty secrets, it's not even really a, a secret, is what makes Venable so good is that he has this elaborate... Uh, team that steals the other team's signals, and that's how they get. And they get the signals in quickly to the defense, and that's what one of the reasons why their defense is so good. And now that you don't have that in place, where you don't, you're, it's not just the talent at this point. You're losing that ability to to know what the other team is doing ahead of time. I think that signals a bad thing. Now, no Brees Hall for Iowa State is tough, but I think it's an opportunity for Jarrell Brock, the backup running back, to shine here. I like you said, Tyler. Clemson's not motivated. They thought they were going to be a national title team. I think Iowa State's motivated. I like the Cyclones plus one as well. So oh, both wow. Both on Iowa on, State. Both on the Matt Campbell train. Smitty? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll ride that train too. Go Cyclones. On the Campbell okay. train. Campbell train. Next up. The Alamo Bowl. Ah. Oklahoma versus Oregon. This is the My Wife Left Me Bowl. Because <laughs> both of these teams had their coach leave them in very painful ways. Uh, none worse than Oklahoma. <laughs> Uh, and so both of these guys now are dealing with interim coaches. They've hired new coaches. No cave on Thibodeau for Oregon. He's opted out. However, with Oklahoma hiring Brett Venables and then getting Jeff Lebby, the offensive coordinator from Ole Miss, I think the future is bright. They still held on to a pretty good recruiting class. Like, not everyone left. They haven't seen a ton of players that have transferred out. I actually think that right now those players are kind of like, fuck you, Lincoln Riley. We'll prove that we don't need you. We're good without you. So I like where their head is at. Whereas with Oregon, you know, Mario Cristobal left kind of late in the cycle. They had to reach out and get Dan Lanning. Um, the Both the coordinators for, for Oregon left as well. I don't know who's going to be coaching this bowl, but I think that right now... 
I, I trust where the Oklahoma players are head, uh, where their heads are at a lot more, and I think they have something to prove, and I'm worried about Oregon's motivation here. I like the Sooners minus four and a half. Uh, I, we got a bed board game. I am on Oregon plus four and a half here, and uh, like Will said, it's all about motivation, and I just disagree. I think this is going to be a huge game for Oregon, a chance to beat Oklahoma. How often do you get a chance to really beat an Oklahoma team that may be distracted, maybe so worried about the future and really what's going on this season, still in shock from uh, Lincoln Riley leaving. I think Oregon, uh, uh, I like Oregon a little bit on the money line here too. So sprinkle a little bit on the money line and uh, we'll take the four and a half, is it? Four and a half. We'll take the four and a half, Oregon. Smitty? Uh, Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Tuesday the 30th, Tyler, you're up next. The Dukes Mayo Bowl. Boy, do we love mayo, all of us. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, mayo. Yeah, now, not, it's grown on fan. me lately. It's good on um, a sandwich. Yeah, it's it's pretty good on a sandwich. Ham you know, and cheese, you know, turkey. But you know British people eat mayo with like fries and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my brother actually mixes his mayo with ketchup and dunks his fries in that. It's fucking I'm disgusting. I'm not a fan of that <laughs> yep. at all. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Shout out. Not good. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> um I think this comes down to... Uh, North UN- Carolina minus nine versus South Carolina, by the way. Oh, uh, it's the Battle of am, Carolinas. Am I starting this one? Yes. Okay. Uh, I've Sorry. I, you've I, I just, done a, yeah, my bad. Uh, Duke's mailable. Yeah, UNC minus nine. Is it still minus nine? Yes. Yes, it is against South Carolina. Uh, I, I think a lot of this comes down to UNC. How much do you price their missing players? Uh, they're missing a couple. I think it's... Uh, I don't have the list in front of me. I should have it, but they're missing a couple guys for this bowl game. But what my point Sam is, Howell is playing though. Yeah, he is. But, but I went in afterwards and I I priced all these guys and I saw what I thought the line should be. I think UNC is going to have a chance to score some points here. Okay, they're so talented on offense. When you look at their rankings compared to UNC's offense compared to South Carolina's defense. UNC is top 10, top 15 in some major categories. They're 11th in rushing yards. They're 7th in yards per play. That's a big deal. Uh, South Carolina really struggles stopping the rush. They're, I think, 100th in rushing yards allowed. Like I said, UNC is going to want to establish that, open things up for Sam Howell. I like UNC to score points, pile it on, cover the 9, and uh, UNC, we will take 9 points in the mail bowl. What do you got, Will? Um, look, I, I don't love that this is a down year for North Carolina and that all of a sudden things in South Carolina are seeming positive because they get Spencer Rattler and they get the tight end transfer from Clemson. Um, however, it's not like, uh, even though things might be trending in a better direction for South Carolina compared to where North Carolina feels, South Carolina is just not good enough. And I think that if North Carolina is even remotely motivated, they should be able to score a lot of points. So I'm the same way. We're, we're going to go with the Tar Heels minus the nine points here. Smitty? Yeah, I think the Tower Hills are just a better team at this point. Okay, fair enough. Duke's Mayo Bowl. You think wasn't there like a Mayo Trophy in that bowl and last year? Didn't they give out a trophy that looks like a giant tub of mayo? Uh, it was it was very mayo centric. I do remember that. Lots of lots very of very mayo centric. <laughs> lots of uh, <laughs> lots of mayo being eaten in the stands by the spoonful. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's so gross. <laughs> uh, next up, the Music City Bowl. This one is being played in Nashville, of course, the Music City, Tennessee, four and a half point favorites versus Purdue. Now, this is a big game to have Tennessee be playing in Nashville, but it's an interesting one. Purdue has a really strong defensive line, and they're going up a, a team going up against a team in Tennessee that wants to run the ball. Um, but I think still has the 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 playmaking playmaking ability from Malik Hooker and the offense to score a lot of points here. I really like what Josh Heupel has been doing at Tennessee, and I think that this is a a point where Josh Heupel is going to say we need to keep this 
this energy going into next year. So we want to get a big bowl in here, even though it's not Purdue isn't a huge opponent for Tennessee. I think they want that motivation. They want to keep things going in the right direction. I like the Vols here minus four and a half. We got a bed board game. I like Purdue. Um, I actually don't have a whole lot on this game. I've just been fading Tennessee. I think they're a little overrated. We're going to take Purdue. Smitty? Uh, I think uh, Tennessee uh, finished the finished the year pretty strong, so I'll go Vols. Okay, fair enough. I love we got a bet board game. Uh, next up, Tyler, you want to do the Peach Bowl? The Peach Bowl. Uh, Sparty minus two and a half against Pitt. Do you know where this is being played, Will? Uh, the Peach Bowl is played Georgia. in Atlanta, I believe. Atlanta, Georgia. That would Mercedes make sense. Benz, yes. That would make sense. Georgia Peach. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Kenny Pickett's not playing. And neither is Kenneth Walker for Michigan State. Yeah, That's so a big it, deal. it comes down to... You know, how do you grade that? Now, Kenny Pickett, the line moved seven points when he was ruled out. And it didn't adjust too much after Michigan State, uh, after their running back, had announced he's not going to play either. So I think what we're getting here is a huge swing for uh, uh, for Pitt, and then it didn't really adjust for you know back for Sparty. So I think it should probably be closer to Pickham. But on the other hand, when you move past the idea of what the line should be, I think that... Michigan State's just going to be a better team, be able to wear Pitt down. And I, I still am kind of in the camp that Pitt is really good this year, but in terms of that next level, they're kind of a pretender. Also, big deal for Mel Tucker to, I think, end the season on a positive note. He got that huge contract. He needs to win some of these games and staple in the comfortability with him getting that and being one of those high-paid coaches in college football. So I think that Sparty shows up really focused. I think they can run the football, wear Pitt down. And uh, keep in mind, Pitt ranks sixth in the country in rush defense. Okay, So they're a good defense, but I do believe that Michigan State will overwhelm them and this could be one of the best offensive lines, will be one of the best offensive lines that Pittsburgh's seen. So for those reasons, I'll take uh, Michigan State minus two and a half, and uh, I'd take it all the way up to three. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, I would like Pitt in this game if they had Kenny Pickett. And like you said, Kenneth Walker is great, but it's not as big of a deal to lose your running back as it is your Heisman uh, candidate quarterback. Yeah. I just can't pick on uh, – I can't pick Pitt here for that reason. I think Mel Tucker will have these guys ready. It is a big uh, bowl game for them, regardless of how disappointing the, the end of the season was for Michigan State. After beating Michigan, they really felt like they had a chance at the Big Ten. I think this is a, a, a really great turnaround job from Mel Tucker this year, and it's a big game. I think he'll, he'll show up well there, so I like Sparty as well. Smitty? Yeah, I'm going Sparty as well. Okay, fair enough. We're all on Michigan State there. Next up, the Las Vegas Bowl. We got Wisconsin, seven-point favorite over Arizona State. Why don't I do this one, and then you can uh, take the next one. Okay, cool. Does that work? Yeah, go all ahead. Right, cool. Uh, Wisconsin, like uh, Will said, it's actually minus seven now. Yeah. Okay, I think you said six and seven. Uh, Wisconsin minus seven against Arizona State. ASU, they really slowed down in the season, right? We talked about teams with momentum in the air and then teams who kind of sputtered. ASU was on the, the opposite side of that, so or on the sputtering side of that. So really kind of struggled to end the season. But um, I think what is underrated about Arizona State right now is their defense. They got a really good defensive line, and uh, they show up really well in a lot of the advanced statistics. Uh, defensively right now, their rankings... Uh, they are 20th in passing yards allowed, 30th in rushing yards allowed, 17th in yards per play allowed, 20th in total score. We're talking about a very good defense that has has had success all season long against, you know, not the best teams in the world, but good Pac-12 offenses, at least high, highly efficient Pac-12 offenses. So I like Arizona State and their defense. And what I think happens this game is their defense 
slows down Wisconsin. I don't know if they can stop them because Wisconsin, this is Wisconsin we're talking about. They're going to do what we know they're going to do. Run the football, be efficient. So I think ASU, though, can slow them down, make them uncomfortable, and that makes seven, which is a rather large number, more appealing if you're expecting fewer points. I also like the under in this game. So again, uh, ASU, their defense underrated. I also think their quarterback, Jaden Daniels, who has had a down year. He had a lot of hype coming into the season. I think he's going to look to build momentum into his into next year, and I think he really wants to end the season on a positive note. So I think Jaden Daniels' motivation is a big deal here too. I like Wisconsin. I know they're a good team, but I will take ASU plus the seven points in the Vegas Bowl. Bet board. I love it. Now look. We got a bet board game. I don't love picking on Wisconsin this year because they, in big games, they really haven't done all that well. However, I think there's just too many questions swirling still about Arizona State, about Herm's future and what's going to happen when these when these NCAA sanctions come down from all the recruiting violations that happened last year. Um, I think that's been a, a big reason why you know Arizona State maybe hasn't been as sharp as that they were without assistance early on in the year. You know, I, I think that right around this time after the bowl game, we may see some stuff come out from the investigation about who's going to get fired, what's going to happen. A lot of people think that maybe Herm won't even be around next year, and I think that's a problem. Also, Paul Christ, he has a really good bowl record. He's 6-2 and two straight up in bowl games, which to me means that he's good at motivating his players. I like the Badgers here in this game to be able to run the ball, uh, and play, their defense is just so good. I think they're able to slow down JT Daniels and the Arizona State offense, so I'm going Badgers minus 7. Bet you know, board. that's our 7th. Bet board game of the show. I love it. That's that's. I'm going to go seven and zero, and we're going to be tied going into the rest of these bowl games. Smitty, right. where are you? Uh, get your forks up. I'm going ASU. ASU, the pitchforks. Okay, I love it. Uh, so Tyler, uh, I'm doing the next one, or you yeah, are. Yeah, you can take the Gator Bowl. Okay, we're now on to the 31st, 31st New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve day is New they Year's call Eve it. Day. N-Y-E-D. Why wouldn't it just be New, New Year's Eve? Because New Year's Eve is when when the eve comes, the evening. New Year's Eve day is during the day. I see. But is mm-hmm. this a night game? Well, I don't know, but because <laughs> it could be New Year's Eve. Anyway, the Gator Bowl, uh, Texas A and M, four point favorite versus Wake Forest. Now A and M doesn't have Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator, left uh, to take over the job at uh, where did he go? I can't remember. Duke. He went to Duke. Um, but look, Ugh. I like what Wake Forest did this year. They have they had a really good team, positive season for them, and I know they'll probably be more motivated here as the underdogs. A&M is just too good. I'm sorry, Wake fans. You guys got blown out by the only good teams that you played this year. I think A&M is a very talented team. They put together this big recruiting class. Jimbo Fisher, I think, will do a great job here. I think A&M might just blow the doors off of Wake Forest here. It's 11 a.m. Eastern, so it okay, is. Okay, so uh, it is New Year's Eve day. Yeah. <laughs> good, I'm glad. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, I'm going A&M, too. Not a big believer in Wake Forest. They've had a really good year. They can move the football, but uh, like Will said, a and is just the better team. They're going to show up, be able to control the line, and, uh, you know, I do wonder, though, the motivation, there's being so much talk about next season. Yeah. They're eight and four. They're really, you know, playing for that much. But sometimes you got to go with the numbers and the numbers this play are they're strong for me. So we'll take A&M minus D4. Two talented. Smitty? Uh, three for three. Go Aggies. Go Aggies. Okay. Next up, the Tony the Tiger Bowl. It's great. That was pretty good, huh? Not bad. Tony Tiger Sun Bowl. We've got Miami minus two and a half against Washington State. This one's simple to me. These are two teams and two programs in very similar spots, but Miami feels much more of an optimistic situation than Washington State. Washington State's in like their down 
They're dark times. They're in the down years. It is not good right now watching State. I can't see them having too much motivation for this at all. And, Will, where is this bowl being played? The Sun Bowl. Do you know the El Paso, Texas. El Paso. Shout out El Paso. Mm, yes. Uh, That's right. So neither of these teams are really going to be super excited to go there, but this is a... Probably not. I, I think this is, for both teams, like I've said before, kind of an audition for next season. So these younger players who are going to want to be part of the team next year, over, you know, uh, looked at as better than some of these transfers or new players coming in, Miami's got a lot of better talent, a lot of better younger talent. So no doubt. I think Miami minus two and a half is the play here. I don't trust Washington State. And again... Two programs in really similar spots, but I think Miami much more optimistic, and I think they show up and have a good day. So we'll go Miami minus two and a half, and the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Yeah, we got a bet board, and the the 100% reason here is, you're right, Tyler, I don't think either of these teams are stoked to go to the Sun Bowl. Uh, No disrespect to the city of El Paso. I've been there many times. Uh, A lot of great times to be had in El Paso. Great Mexican food. Mm. Miami, there could not be a bigger difference from living in Miami and being like you're a star football player in like a party scene, well, you get so a ton of chicks in bikinis so everywhere. Much on like going from like Miami to El Paso, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, have you I ever d- been to El Paso or Miami, Tyler? <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, it's a very big I deal. I just don't think that that these players are. Look, I know bowl games are something you look forward to, uh, something to get away. But even in a sh- in a town, I almost said a shitty town. Even in a How town, dare you? <laughs> even in a town like El Paso. There's stuff to do. There's events going on. There's, there's activities there? taking place. And these players are together. Yes. Yeah, so I don't think it's nearly as big of a deal for like the players and it is the fans. It matters what's going on within the team, I think. So we'll see. But I just don't, Look, I just don't I, think they're going to It's not just that. I actually think Washington State has been a scrappy team all year with all the controversy with Rolovich being fired. Um, I think that they're a tough team. And I just really – I just don't know why these Miami players would be motivated to go play – in the Sun Bowl. It's a cool stadium tucked into the mountains. I love El Paso. If you're down there, eat at Avila's Mexican food. It's delicious. Um, but I'm going yeah, with Will's Washington a, State here for a bet board victory. Just a low, big Plus love two and a half. Of El Paso. He knows uh, all the hot spots. I'll be down there in a week. Uh, I love it. So that's our eighth game. Smitty, who you got? Uh, I'm going with Miami. Miami. You guys are all over the ducks. Okay, fair enough. Uh, next up, the Barstool Arizona Bowl, Tyler. Uh, Barstool, Arizona Bowl, Boise State, minus eight against CMU, Central Michigan University. You know where this is being played well? Uh, well it, like where in Arizona? Uh, I'm guessing Phoenix? Phoenix, one of those cities I don't in know. Arizona. Let me look. Hang on. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. All right. Uh, Central Michigan is really underrated. They played in Tucson, Tucson. Tucson, right there on the border. Just uh, skipping a throw away from Mexico. All right, uh, Central Michigan really underrated. They won their final four games by a combined score of 164 to 87. And now they're 10 and 1 straight up, playing in November under Jim McElwain. And those stats don't always mean something, but I think it means something later in the season. They've been getting better and better, and bigger games for CMU come at the end of the year. I think Jim McElwain, also a very underrated head coach, this is a huge spot for CMU and not for Boise. Okay, Boise State, traditionally, team who gets a lot of big games and they show up in those games. And I will admit, Boise's the better team here. That's why they're getting eight points. But I think Central Michigan shows up. They're very efficient when they pass the football. Big game for CMU, and uh, I think they stay within the eight. We'll take Central Michigan plus eight. Awesome. I am on Central Michigan as well. I agree. This has been a down year for Boise State standards, so I don't think they can run the ball very well here. I like Central Michigan. Uh, What the Chippewas? Is that right? I believe so. Chippewas. Let's go Chippewas plus eight. Smitty? Uh, I'm going to go Boise. Okay. Speaking of chips, Chippewas, chips. They're called the chips. That's what they call them. That's like the nickname. 
Have you guys seen? Have you guys seen the Pringles commercial? The it's like crave uncomfortability, and it's like for like Pringles scorching hot chips. Mm. So this kid takes a bite of a Pringles scorching hot chip, and then he looks at his girlfriend's dad and goes, "You know, Mister So and So, your girl, your daughter's a really good kisser." And the the dad just like stares at him, and it's like if you crave uncomfortable, you'll love Pringles scorching. So who would want to buy that chip at that well, point? Exactly. It seems like you're you're advertising that it's uncomfortable, but also it, the, the commercial didn't make much yeah, sense. Yeah, if you want to be me, uncomfortable, so. eat our food. Yeah. That's that's a good. So, that's definitely anyway, a good way to market your products. Just kind of popped in my head randomly when I said chips. But uh, you know. we we are into the New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, the New big Year's stuff, six. and then the All playoffs. Right. We're gonna uh, get Woo. to the playoffs after that. We went in chronological until you know we're gonna end with the playoff games. Um, the Outback Bowl, Penn State two point favorite versus Arkansas. Now Tyler. I think this Arkansas team has been one of the most physical teams all year. They run the ball well. They have a strong defense. They did just have a defensive lineman today that got arrested for uh, DUI, and that's that's big because he's a starter, and I think that he likely won't play. We'll see what Sam Pittman does with that. But Penn State, they lose their defensive coordinator. Um, uh, their offensive coordinator is still there, but the offense hasn't been very good. And I do think that Sean Clifford will play here. He's already announced he's coming back, and he should be healthy. But I just think this Arkansas team is perpetually underdog. I think that that uh, they're a tougher team. I think they'll be able to to slow down the Penn State offense, and I think they're going to be able to run the ball on Penn State as well. I like Arkansas plus two here, Tyler. Ooh. Oh no, we I like Arkansas it's plus two. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Get right. too yeah. ahead of yourself. I did. No, you're right. I, I agree. Everything you said about the coaching staff, uh, James Franklin. Also, also, I think he's going to be distracted with the with recruiting. I mean, he's mentioned lately how much he's been grinding and recruiting these last couple of weeks and how competitive it's been in the in the Big 10. I think he's distracted. I think he's totally out on this game. Coaching staff I think as well, and uh, I think Arkansas is focused on here. Now I know they have a couple of distractions themselves, but I think the Arkansas can run the football, control the line here. We will take Arkansas plus 2. Smitty? Yeah, I'm on the Hogs as well. Hogs. Hog suey, baby. Let's go. Uh Tyler, the Fiesta Bowl. You want to do that one? Sure, I actually don't have a lot this game. Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. Notre Dame, two-point favorites. This is a big letdown spot for the Pokes. They were one play away from making the Final Four, and now they have to play in the Fiesta Bowl against a team who lost their head coach and, oh yeah, was rescued when they promoted from within. He's going to coach the bowl game. They know exactly what to expect from this new coaching staff. So a lot of reasons why, you know, pointing towards Notre Dame in terms of why they would want, why you'd want to pick them here. But they're missing too many players, and I do believe Mike Gundy's going to get Oklahoma State focused for this game. You know, he's a rare coach who has the ability, I believe, to really motivate his team in these situations. He's really good in bowl games. He's really good in conference championship games and these neutral site games. So I think that that issue that may be a problem for most teams won't come into effect for Oklahoma State. I'll take them plus two against Notre Dame. Bet board. We're we're going with Notre Dame, and here's the reason why. I think that uh, that. That loss in the in the Big 12 championship game might have been the soul crusher game that, Tyler, you've talked about for Oklahoma State. Yep. You look at Notre Dame, yeah, they lose Brian Kelly, but the whole rest of the staff stays with them. None of the other staff went with Brian Kelly, even though he was offering them super high-paying jobs, which to me means that maybe the staff didn't like him a lot. And the players certainly seem to like Marcus Freeman. I actually think it's positive vibes coming out of South Bend right now with Notre Dame. Uh, I like that they're able to retain essentially the whole staff minus Brian Kelly. Obviously, that, he's worth a lot. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I think that Marcus Freeman, you know, this is going to be his first head coaching job right here. 
the the players are going to be hyped for him. I think the defense is really good. Now, they are without their starting safety and running back. I mentioned that earlier in the show, and that matters. But I think Notre Dame is too deep here, and I don't think the Oklahoma State team you know, is maybe super motivated to win the Fiesta Bowl here. I'm going with the Irish minus two. All righty. I'll take the next game in the Citrus Bowl. Smitty, who's your pick in that game? Uh, I'm going to go Okie State. Okie State. Okay, fair enough. All yeah. right. Citrus Bowl again on the same day. Kentucky minus three against Iowa. Uh, Kentucky's offense is going to be the difference here. I think Kentucky's going to show everyone how good they are offensively and score some points, and I just don't think Iowa will be able to keep up. Offensive rankings. Kentucky, top 10 in efficiency in three different categories. Iowa, offensive rankings on offense. Uh, Total scoring, they're 103rd. Passing yards, 112th. Rushing yards, 111th. Yards per play, 122. Kentucky overwhelms Iowa, scores too many points. I'm going Kentucky here, minus the three. Smitty? Oh, sorry. I haven't even given mine yet. <laughs> I, it's because I agree 100%. I think Iowa's offense is just so bad. Yeah. Michigan totally exposed them and abused them, and I think Kentucky can do the same. I like the Cats here, minus three. Yep, same. Kentucky's the same. Also, okay. uh, one more note there. Mark Stoops just got an extension with Kentucky. So, Big recruiting you know, class, too. Yeah, exactly. Positive He's, vibes. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Rose Bowl. Love this game. Ohio State right now a six-and-a-half-point favorite versus Utah. This is a very interesting matchup. You have the, the Pac-12 champion Utah versus an Ohio State team that is probably the second-best in, in the Big Ten, even though they didn't go to the Big Ten championship game. This game opened Ohio State minus ten-and-a-half, and now it's down to Ohio State six-and-a-half. Um, Ohio State's the more talented team for sure. But are they motivated? They got uh, the doors blown off on on offense by Michigan, um, and they're not used to that. They're not used to having to play in a bowl game that, frankly, doesn't really matter after losing to Michigan. Right now, they're used to be, being you know preparing for a playoff game, and I, I wonder about the motivation for the players there. And you look on the other side, Utah finally won a Big Twelve or excuse me, a Pac-12 championship game. Kyle Whittingham, 11-3 straight up in bowl games. That's very impressive to me. He's familiar with the Rose Bowl, obviously playing in the Pac-12, playing at UCLA uh, you know, every other year. It's tough, though. I think if it was still 10.5, I'd be all over Utah. The fact that this is just 6.5, I think you're going to see an Ohio State team that probably wants to come out, especially C.J. Stroud, come out and show everybody, hey, I was a Heisman finalist. Yeah, I had a bad game against Michigan a little bit. My offensive line wasn't great. But I think that I think that they can win this game by a touchdown. The only thing that worries me is that where Ohio State has been abused lately is on the offensive and defensive line, and Utah is very strong there. But to me, I think this is a difference between you know the top of the Pac-12 versus the top of the of the Big Ten. Uh, I'm going with Ohio State here minus six and a half. Yeah, we got a bedboard game. Uh, I think this is a lot about motivation, and I really trust Utah in this spot. Utah also has the offensive line to keep up, and even. I mean, I don't want to go over the top and say bully Ohio State, but when you get a team who I think is going to be all in like Utah will be against an Ohio State team who I think that motivation is a serious concern in this game, even though it's the Rose Bowl. Um, I'll take Utah plus six and a half here. Okay, Smitty? Uh, yeah, I just, I just think Ohio State's got uh, got the superior athletes, so I'll go Buckeyes. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it might be the last game for some of those top receivers too yeah. as well for Ohio State, so they could be playing for a lot. Uh, Tower, the Sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl. Baylor taking on Ole Miss. Baylor, uh, it's a pick'em right now, actually. Pick'em. Yep, so right down the middle. Um, Mississippi, Ole Miss. We've been talking about them a lot this year, and I think Lane Kiffin's had a great season. Uh, we talk a lot about their passing game, but did you know that Ole Miss is eighth in the country in rushing? You know, they've actually yeah. had a, a pretty good rushing attack, too. 
The issue with Ole Miss is their defense, right? Offensively, we know what they can do. We know how efficient they can be. They can move the football. But defensively, you look at their rankings, and it is an ugly picture. And I know they've had a tough schedule, but bottom 100 in rush yards, uh, 80th in pass yards, 124th in time on the field. They can't get off the field. They're horrible on third down conversions. I think that's going to be a big deal this game. Uh, Baylor is the much more complete team offensively, defensively. Uh, away games too. They've they've uh, uh, four and uh, four and one against the spread this uh, this year on the road. I really like Baylor in this spot, and I know they're missing a couple pieces. I'm, you know, they had a the issue with quarterback, and Ole Miss has a lot of flashy players, and they've got Lane Kiffin. So I think it's hard here to make Baylor the pick. I think most people are going to default to Ole Miss, but uh, I just think Baylor's a much more complete team. And uh, we'll take the Bears. And I'm sure this is going to be a bet board game. This is a bet board game. And I actually really like Baylor. I'm a big fan of what Dave Aranda is doing there. They're a fun team. I, I just knew Will was going to take Ole Miss. Well, to me, it's like Baylor, Baylor, you know, uh, Baylor barely beat an Oklahoma State team that turned the ball over, what, f- three or four times in that Big 12 championship game. Uh, you, Gary Bohanna might be back, but that actually might create a bit of a controversy here because the backup quarterback has been playing so good for Baylor. Um, I think that even though it's been a dream season for the Baylor Bears and Dave Aranda, and I think he is going to keep that program going in the positive direction, I think they have a little bit lucked their way to where they are. Whereas I think that Ole Miss has gotten better as the year went on. Yeah, they got smoked by Alabama. But if you look, their defense has gotten better and better and better. Uh, the game is in New Orleans, which certainly I think should be, you know, it's not, uh, I think that's, you know, somewhat in the middle. I know that Baylor, or excuse me, Dave Aranda has some experience there in the Superdome. I think you'll see more Ole Miss fans show up there than Baylor in the Superdome. I like that Matt Corral is playing in his last game before he, you know, might be the first quarterback taken overall. I'm going with the Rebs. So uh, a stat here that favors Baylor, um, and this is just a betting stat. The line opened up Ole Miss minus one and a half. Seventy percent of the money has come in on Ole Miss, and the line has dropped to one. Wow. So what that means is, even though they're getting hammered with Ole Miss money, the people who have bet Baylor really scared the sports books. So the, the sports books respect that 30% of money a lot more than the 70% and actually have moved the line a half point in the other direction. Interesting. So that matters too. Okay, Smitty, your pick? Uh, this one's a tough one. Uh, I like I like Ole Miss's team, um, but they're just, I, I don't know, I just have a feeling that Baylor's going to pull this one out. So I'll, I'll go Bears. Baylor Bears. Okay, I love all these bet board games. This is great. Uh, last one before the playoffs, the Texas Bowl. This is actually being played on the 4th, so it'll be well after the playoffs, but we wanted to end with the playoff games. Kansas State, two-and-a-half-point favorite versus LSU. Uh, look, LSU, obviously they hire Brian Kelly. He's not going to coach the bowl game. They have an interim coach. I think this Kansas State team is just a really good underdog team, and now you're looking at LSU who lost Max Johnson to the transfer portal. I know they're keeping the other guy, and they're certainly a very talented team, but now they don't know who's leading them. They're no longer playing for Coach O. He's gone. Or is this Coach O's last game? Shoot, did I did I fuck that up? No, no, no. He coached his last game already. Okay, yeah. cool. So, you know, look, I just think that Kansas State uh, is a very tough team. They run the ball well. I like Deuce. I think they're a tough defensive team. Two and a half points, though, maybe is too much. And so if this was like a pick game, I think I'd be all over Kansas State. I actually like LSU just being underdogs here, two and a half points. <laughs> we have so many bet board games. We got another bet board game here. I think Kansas State shows up fully motivated. This is a really good team that never gets talked about. They never get any, any public money. They never get any TV games. And they're going to be out for a mission here. And this is similar to the Oregon 
uh, Ohio or uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma game. How often are you going to get a team in LSU that's this week that you can beat up on? So I think Kansas State takes full advantage of this opportunity, and uh, I actually like the two and a half. So uh, we'll take KSU minus two and a half. Interesting. Okay. Well, now we got the two big ones. La- oh, Smitty. Sorry. Who's your pick? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Kansas State as well. KSU. Okay. Cool. Right. Um, Orange Bowl, Georgia minus eight over Michigan. Is that Michigan? Nope. No. Certainly is not. <laughs> uh, but it sounded like something. So. Uh, okay, so let's rewind. Let's let's go back a few chapters and, and remember the line when Georgia played Alabama on a neutral site. Georgia was minus six and a half. Georgia's now playing Michigan on a neutral site, and Georgia's minus eight. What this implies is that Michigan is one and a half points worse than Alabama. I don't agree with that at all. Okay, what here? Let me let me tell you what my perception is and what the what a lot of sports betters will how how they'll approach this. And then I'll tell you how I think the average fan's going to approach this. Sports bettors do what I just do and use math and use the numbers and lines matched up against one another and look at value and see what the market should be, right? That's what it is. It doesn't matter whether that's minus 11, minus 14, or minus 2, or plus 10, right? There's all the numbers that fit in, with, that fit in there. Based on that reasoning, deductive reasoning, I think Michigan is nowhere near one and a half points within Alabama. I think Alabama's probably five or six points better than Michigan right now. And so this is an overreaction to what we've seen recently. We saw Michigan, who I, I love. Michigan's had a great year. I love, I've made money betting on them this year. They, they've had a good season, and they're a good team. And everyone remembers seeing them just beat the shit out of Iowa in the Big Ten Championship compared to Georgia, who most people listening bet on Georgia. Most people listening lost money on Georgia, and they've got that sour taste in their mouth. They don't want to go back there. I think we actually have value here minus eight. And I know a lot of people out there listening see eight and get scared because it's over a touchdown. Okay, there's so many of the of our audience is probably saying, you know what, I don't like Georgia at eight. If it were seven, I'd like Georgia because it's a touchdown, tie for the push. But at eight, I'm not taking it. I think people lose money when they avoid situations like that because seven's not worth that much, right? Seven's not worth that much where you should bet it or not bet it or be on it or not on it. It's like if you get a minus four and a half. Well, if it were three, I'd bet it. Three's not worth that much in a lot of these situations, and I think this is one of those situations. I believe Georgia's clearly the better team. I think they've got so much motivation to get back to the national title. And let's not forget how elite they were all season long. That didn't go anywhere. As I've said a million times on the show, these teams, aside from injuries and maybe improving slightly on a week-to-week basis, don't change much. What changes is our perception of these teams, and that perception has swung way too much in the other direction for me to be, feel comfortable taking Michigan here plus eight. So we'll take Georgia minus eight points. I think this could get ugly against a very, very good Michigan team. But this year, 2021-2022 season, it's all about the top two teams and it has been all season long. Alabama is the best team in college football. Georgia is right behind them. And even in my power rankings, I've got Alabama and Georgia six points better than anyone else behind them. So I think this is a big play and I'm taking a Georgia minus the eight here. I think I have value. Look, I hate that this number came down. I really loved it when it, this line opened 13 and a half uh, for Georgia. And at that point, I love betting Michigan. What What is interesting to me here is that even though, and look, you just made like all 100% perfect points. Like the, the overreaction to Georgia getting dominated by Alabama is definitely too much. Uh, what worries me though is that 
you know, I think that could have broken not certainly not Georgia's spirit. They know they're still in the playoff. They have a chance to get revenge, all that. But what they had for them going on all year was this swagger of like, we're tougher than everyone. Our defense is unstoppable. No one can score on us. And then an Alabama team that frankly, their offensive line was struggling all year long, all of a sudden completely bullies them at the line of scrimmage, pushes them off the ball, really just like babies them and, and alphas them. And at that point now, I think other teams are looking at that and saying, oh, like Alabama can do that. Maybe I can too. And here's the thing is that truly Michigan's offensive line might be the best offensive line that Georgia has faced all year, including Alabama's. I know Alabama played great and right now they should be the favorite to win it all. I'm not saying that that Michigan is better than Alabama, but I'm saying Michigan's offensive line has performed well basically every single week and they're getting better as the season goes on. And now you're looking at that's going to be the the main battle for me is if Michigan can if Michigan can push Georgia off the ball even just a little bit, this is going to be a game. Michigan's going to be in this. I think they have they've proven that it's not just they want to run the ball. They can score in a lot of different ways. And what Michigan's defense is built on here is bend, don't break. So what you're going to see a lot of, uh, hopefully, what you're going to see a lot of, but what Michigan wants to do is actually say, hey, if you want to just beat us with a bunch of four- and five-yard plays, fine. You can do that. We're not going to give you the deep shots. They didn't allow Ohio State to do that. They didn't allow anyone to get these deep, big uh, you know, uh, game-breaker plays pretty much all year, save for a couple plays against Michigan State. If they can do that, what they do is they just force you into the red zone, and then they tighten up and they force you to kick field goals. I think Michigan could do that against Georgia here. I think that you could see maybe some quarterback questions. We heard about you know Stetson Bennett versus JT Daniels. I don't think they're going to change anything, but if things don't go well to start, if Georgia you know isn't uh, moving the ball, I think you could actually see JT Daniels come in a little bit, and I think that could cause some problems. Um, I think that that Michigan has a chance here, and I think they have the confidence. This team has been an underdog basically all year long in these big games, and they keep doing it. I do think that the offensive line is going to be able to run the ball. I think Michigan could win this game, truly. And this is no longer just the homer coming out because you guys have, all year long, I've been saying Michigan's not good enough. They're not going to do it, and they keep proving me wrong. And once again, everyone is saying... Georgia's too good for them. Michigan's not good enough. And I think that they're just going to continue to do it. And I think that their offensive line is going to push Georgia off the ball. I think Michigan is going to control the time of possession. The defense is going to force field goals instead of touchdowns. And I think Michigan could win this game. I'm taking Michigan plus eight. I mean, yeah, we've got a bet board game. And this is why we make the bet boards, to let it decide be decided that way. But uh I just my my last piece on this is I, I I believe and we can maybe replay this back and make me look like a fool or smart either one but I just really think after this game the common sentiment is going to be like how did we forget how good Georgia is yeah like they played one definitely. game and how did we forget so I think that's going to be the narrative but I mean Michigan is it's it's like Alabama last week or whenever they played Georgia it's like guys it's Alabama like they could it's same the year of Michigan it's like I'm not super confident taking eight points here you know right. Michigan's a good team and that's a big number to cover but I think we got value here but hey I, I love it and I love that you're taking Michigan going down with the ship if they lose and riding it if they win love yeah it. man it's not I'm telling you it's not a homer pick they just continue to do it in these underdog situations and prove me wrong and now my gut feeling is telling me that they, they have a, a shot here. So, Smitty, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I was While you were talking, I was just thinking that, you know, this Michigan team all year has just been, you know, you, you have kind of not, not the Cinderella stories, but this Michigan team just seems like a team of destiny to me. And, and you know, it, this pick is more of 
more of like you said, going with my gut, and I just I just have a feeling that they're 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 going to win outright too. So I'm going to go Michigan as well. Not to mention Dan Lanning, who is going to coach the defense for Georgia. What distractions has that guy been having? Now having to recruit for Oregon, he's basically got two jobs he's at the same time. Got to move time. his family across exactly. The country. That, like that's that's a big factor here, and I think that the Michigan staff right now is focused and with a lot of time to prepare. I think that they're going to be able to make this a game. So Michigan plus eight uh, bet board. Now Tyler. The big, the big game, the Cotton Bowl. Big one. Alabama, 13.5-point favorites versus Cincinnati. Um, look, we saw what Alabama did to Georgia, and all of us immediately felt stupid for doubting. I know I, you didn't. You picked Alabama. <laughs> but all of us, I mean, like a lot of people were saying, like, Georgia's going to house them. Alabama I sucks bet, this year. Yeah, most of the audience listening probably had Georgia. Yes, and it made me feel stupid. And I, I'm not going to – I'm not going to pick Bama to lose here. But I legitimately think Cincinnati has a chance to cover the spread and maybe make this a game. And there's basically only two reasons why. Now, first of all, I get that Cincinnati is a is is a group of five team, and they're the Cinderella story and whatnot. They haven't had a tough schedule. That's all true. But what Cincinnati truly has is they have L- NFL caliber guys all over their team. Uh, you know, Desmond Ritter, who I don't think he's the greatest quarterback in the world. He's a gamer. He's shown he can win. The offensive line is very good. Now, look, I don't think that Cincinnati's offense is going to be the reason why they have a chance in this game. It's their defense. They have real NFL dudes in the secondary and on the defensive line. Their two corners, Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, honestly might be the two best corners in all of college football right now. Sauce Gardner has Did not... Did you say Sauce? His name is Sauce. That's his nickname. <laughs> That's Sauce. Badass. His name is Sauce Gardner. This dude hasn't allowed a passing touchdown in coverage his entire college wow. career and the guy opposite That's of him sauce the guy he's the sauce the guy opposite of him who also great name kobe bryant i shit you not <laughs> spelled spelled c-o-b-y uh, kobe great. bryant won the award for the top corner in college football this year and the reason why is because the teams wouldn't even throw at sauce gardner <laughs> so they would throw at kobe bryant and this kobe bryant dude was great and that's important because John Mechie, who is a stud yeah. wide receiver for Alabama, tore his ACL yeah, in the SC Championship game. He's out. Now, like, the main target is Jameson Williams, who is incredible, the guy that transferred to Ohio State. But I think that if you're going to give me Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner to slow down the Alabama passing game, force Alabama to run the ball against a good defensive line, and guess what? Al- and Alabama's wins this year and the win against Georgia – they did run the ball a little bit, but they were taking deep shots. They were getting, uh, you know, uh, Bryce Young, uh, uh, a lot of deep shots, big plays in the passing game. And I think Cincinnati is going to eliminate big games in the pa- big plays in the passing game. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to cover here thirteen and a half. I'm going with the Bearcats. Oh, you got a bad board game. <laughs> We have 14 bet board games. Oh yeah, God. baby. Let's go. Uh, no, I think Alabama has their way with Cincinnati here. I think Cincinnati gets exposed. And I just think it's a long day. Now, my best bet of this game is minus seven first half. Would you be opposed to making our bet board game the first half bet? So as long as Cincy keeps it within seven in the first half, boom. <sighs> seven? It's seven. It's, it's currently seven. I just looked it up. What about seven and a half? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> hey, you do this with me all the time. I do. I you fought yell. for half I points. I won't yell at you. Yeah, I do. I fought for half points all the time. But um, no, I'm going 13 and a half okay. full game. Okay. And even well, though yeah, I actually think that, I, I, look, if Cincinnati isn't close in the first half, I don't know they're going to be able to hang on for the second see, half. What I'm afraid of is 38 20. 
you know, yeah. uh, up 18. And then since he gets late a late score, score with the, the backdoor backups cover. On, yeah, with the backups on the field yeah. and they're celebrating, high-fiving. And so that's what I'm concerned with the 13 and a half. Are you not, I think the backdoor is wide open. Are game. you not worried about an overreaction here to Alabama as well from I finally having a great game against I thought Georgia. they were this good all along. I'm the, I was saying this all along. I, I have them actually 13 and a half points better. So I have this right on the spread. So it's just sort of like mm. pick your poison. Okay. But no, I... That's I, true. You have been... You've said... You did say all year. I'll give you the credit. Even when Alabama was struggling, you still thought they were the best team in the country. Yeah, and so I think we see an exact repeat of what we saw against Georgia. They're going to come out fully motivated. Nick Saban is not going to let them take their foot off the gas. And I really believe Cincinnati's very overrated this season. I don't think they have the players. I don't agree with you actually that, you know, I know they have a couple NFL guys, but when you really look at roster against roster, I think Cincinnati could have a very long day. Okay, fair so. enough. Yeah, look, I just think that I think that if Alabama can't hit the deep shot, this game could be a slow grind them out uh, game. And I, I really think that Luke Fickle is good in these big games. Yeah, they've had weird scares this year against bad teams, but in all the big games, Cincinnati's done very well, and they've they've proven themselves. So I love this bet board. So follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore POD, CFB underscore pod, and we'll post a graphic with these games. Yeah. Because we have 14 games. That's a lot of bet board so, games. That's almost as many. That's like half as many we've had the whole year. So this is crazy. This could really be a big swing for me. Smitty, what's your pick? Uh, I'm I'm gonna be rooting for the upset all day, but uh, I, I think I, yeah, I think Bama is just gonna be too much for him. I wish it was 14 and a half. The 13 and a half is the only part that scares me here because I think that that's obviously that's a big number. But I'm telling you, my gut tells me that this has been the year where everyone thinks they know what's going on. Everyone thought, and uh, this excludes what Tyler said, obviously, because he was right. But every year it's been like Ohio State's gonna. This has been the year Ohio State's gonna dominate. Michigan, that didn't happen. Georgia's going to dominate Alabama. That didn't happen. There's been so many upsets and things where we haven't seen them coming that I feel like it, you know, I feel like we could see. I don't think Cincinnati wins. I think they could keep this a close game, make it competitive, be a huge showing for Luke Fickle and the Bearcats. And I think Michigan beats Georgia. I'm just going to flat out say it. It's going to happen. All right. So um, we have so far in the season, it's 19 and 12. Yep. So I'm I'm up seven games, 19 12. Uh, we have 14 games remaining. So Well, and there's a national championship game potentially after that as exactly, well. Exactly. So. Na- a national championship as well. So, going into the national championship, you have a chance to, to have a lead, okay? But you're going to have to go... <laughs> like if 10 you, and 4. If you go 11 and 3, you'll have a total lead of one game going into the national championship. Let's go. And three. My magic number is four. If I get to four wins... You're guaranteed. Now we Not do guaranteed have to, because we have a national championship. And we have to go back and listen because we had said bet boards would count for if you pick the right mm-hmm. conference winner and stuff. So mm-hmm. now I don't think that's going to make a huge difference. My guess is that we're only going to have a couple in there either way. I don't remember any off the top of my head. No, well, I know you picked Bama. The so uh, yeah, so that's did. one and yeah. I picked Georgia. Um, but, you know, uh, some of the others we may not have picked right. So... Um, I don't know if that'll huge, uh, have a huge but we, uh, factor. Yeah, yeah. So, but you're right. Look, I need we I need have to have the most down. epic bowl season of my life. Yeah. And let me tell you, if it happens, oh boy, am I gonna do something <laughs> with that <laughs> yeah. trophy that definitely exists? So uh, it does. It does. Thanks for hanging out for such a long show, guys. Yeah, Follow us on good. Twitter at CFB underscore Pod. Uh, we won't be here next week, but we'll be here after the uh, playoff game. So stay tuned. <laughs>